Good evening and welcome to episode 203 of the HHH Racing Podcast. I am your proud host, Howard Kravitz. We are here tonight to recap the incredible, unbelievable, for many reasons, 2022 Breeders' Cup. Thank you very much for joining us tonight. Please make sure you subscribe on the bottom right-hand side of the screen. Hit that notification bell and also smash that like button. We've had an incredible amount of people that have uh, newly joined the podcast just in the last week or two because of the Breeders' Cup and many other reasons. We cannot thank all of you enough for your tremendous support of this show. So please make sure you spread the word around because horse racing is not done for the year. And it's certainly not done for this podcast for years to come. There's still a lot of big races that are going to be happening this year as well. So just because the Breeders' Cup is over, where are you going? Don't go anywhere. We have tremendous coverage going on still uh, the rest of the year. You can, of course, listen to us on uh, Apple, uh, excuse me, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor. Of course, you can follow me there on Twitter, right? Where is it? Right there it is, right there. At H. Kravitz. Um, a lot of people have been following uh, us and myself in the show. We greatly appreciate it. And then on the scroll above the screen, of course, email me with any questions, comments, concerns coming up right there. H. Kravitz Horse at gmail.com our next show you also see on the scroll will be thursday there's some great stake races at woodbine coming up this saturday also we will have jim miller from hawthorne to talk about two very exciting promotions one starting for the first time uh this friday with their pick four so we'll be talking about the pick four it says pick five it's actually going to be a pick four uh recent breaking news with jim miller this uh, Thursday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, our regular time. Uh, Also, the power picks. Uh, Just look at the comments. I mean, Matt Miller already has commented in. We have a lot of people watching already. Uh, Matt Miller, really appreciate it. Of course, BCBC uh, champion from, now I got to say, last year, friend of the show. For those of you listening, I'll read it. It says, Matt says in his comment, for all of you that are watching, listening, who don't subscribe to the blog or the power picks, I don't think you understand that you're passing up on what some of us have been using as a treasure map. ROI's top notch. It's over um, $2.50. So, Matt, thank you very much. Just one more quote. He wanted to thank everyone, uh, Howard, myself, Pete, Paul, Kyle, for all the BC coverage. I know for a fact that Matt Miller listened to all of our preview shows and definitely uh, not only enjoyed them, but got some of his picks, which worked out well in general for the weekend from our power picks and from our shows. So Matt Miller, thank you very much. We got a great website, hhhracingpodcast.com. All right. I, there's a few things I want to say, but I definitely need to bring in all of my fantastic co-hosts uh, on the show uh, and contributors as well. So without further ado, let me bring them on. Uh, first, from the Saratoga Special, Mr. Paul Halloran. From Maryland, Pete Visco. And my fellow BCBC traveler, Mr. Kyle Roscoe. Guys, have we recovered from the weekend at all? I can personally say no. I still can't believe, and we'll talk about it everything, but I can see the man himself is in the chat right now. So there it is. How's that? Oh, my goodness. Drew, how, if you're at home, where's my drink? I only, I only got water, but, man, give, give, leave that up a second, Pete. If you could leave the comment up there, Pete, if you could. Um 
Drew Cody, man. Thank you. Applaud. Everyone applaud at home for Drew Cody. He's listening right now. Congrats, Drew. Drew. Really appreciate the shout out there. The 20, uh, 22. I'm just having water. I don't have any champagne, Drew. Sorry with me. I think we ran out of that at Tony's. Uh, yes, we Drew did. Knows, Drew and Kyle <laughs> know what we're talking about. Um, Drew, thanks for joining. We are going to get Drew on. For all of you, we have a lot of comments. we got to show some comments. But we are going to get Drew, uh, Drew Coney on the show. Absolutely. He's been incredibly busy, guys. I, I didn't even ask him to join us tonight because I know he did a long show. By the way, if you want to hear details, I don't mean to steal Drew's thunder. Uh, Pete Fornatel and In the Money Media had a fantastic hour show with Drew. And obviously, they should be on first. Get first rights, guys, since Drew works for In the Money Media. So, But we're going to have Drew on. Uh, we are going to have Drew on. Um, let's see. Did Matt, uh, Matt did not win DJ underscore. It was Drew Cody, the gentleman that was just on there. But anyway, um, Drew, appreciate it. Thanks for the shout out. We're going to get Drew on the show, guys. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. Unbelievable. Uh, we're going to get Drew on the show. I've, guys, I got a list of shows that we're going to have um, as evergreen content. But just real quick, we've around. Kyle, I'm going to have you go last for some obvious reasons. Paul, your just overall quick one-minute impressions of the entire weekend. Uh, not surprised at the, the turf races. Um, just start by eliminating the U.S. horses, and it'll take you handicapping, take you a lot less time. I mean, while like Goddess figured to hit the board and did, uh, you know, Caravelle was the only exception who was 40-1. to 1, uh, And uh, other than that, it was, you know, but you still then have to get the right euro, right? And I was in the unfortunate situation, a few of them, of having the wrong euro. But uh, hats off to Appleby and O'Brien and Ryan Moore and uh, William Buick. Uh, you know, as far as the dirt races, um, you know, as expected with Flightline, obviously. Uh, you know, uh, Jackie's Warrior, big disappointment. Echo Zulu, I was all in on, ran second. Cyberknife, I was all in on, ran second. So apparently I should have been playing place. But, uh, you know, great weekend all in all. Our group did okay. We kind of stumbled into a high five in the turf race, our little, uh, our little mini cartel at beautiful Aqueduct Racetrack where I watched the two days. So, hey, it's, it's the best two days of racing of the year. You can't complain whether you won, lost, or tied. Uh, Pete? Yeah, I mostly agree with what Paul was saying for uh, for my partner Mike, who was hanging with me at the at Laurel Racetrack on Saturday. The Breeders' Cup for us was buckets of beers and super high fives. That's what we're. That's my memory of this one. The rest is all gravy after that. So it was it was a great weekend, great races. But you know, I was happy just being at the track. It was my first time actually at the track, aside from my birthday party, which was in sort of a private room. But it's my first time being at the track, mingling and spending the day since COVID started. So it was wow. a good, it was a fun day. It was, it, I'm glad it was, and it was actually a half decently successful Breeders' Cup Saturday for me. So that's always a good thing, but we'll get to all that when we get to the races. Yeah. And we're going to talk about the race in a minute. I just sent a leak. This is the beauty of the live shows guys. That Drew has been, I, I didn't want to ask really Drew to come on tonight. Cause let's he did an hour show with Pete. You know, he's, he's, I'm sure he's exhausted, but this is the kind of mensch, this is the kind of guy he is. Um, he just on, live man. right here said he'd come on. So I just sent him the link. Um, he'll, he'll be popping on here in just a minute, folks. 
Um, Kyle, I'm going to have him pop on first before we get into what I That's fine. wanted to say. But Kyle, before we bring Drew on here in just a second, we'll, we'll just detour. Any quick thoughts on, on the racing? Or I don't want you to talk about your experience yep. yet, Kyle. Let's just focus on the racing itself for a second. Your thoughts. Yeah. And like I said, Davy Lane is a big part of it, but I, I'm very happy with the way that I crushed the Euros this year. Granted, they won every race, every turf race, but one. And we'll get into that, I'm sure. But I'm very happy. Like I said, the the point where I thought it could go south was dramatized running a neck behind Mischief Magic. Paul said picking the wrong Euro. I, I don't think I'm a yeller, as Howard knows I can be, but I don't think I've ever yelled as loud as I did for Dramatize to just hold on one time at 13 to 1. It didn't happen, but that was the start of a good Friday for me and a pretty awful Saturday, but I brought it back in the last race, and obviously I didn't care, but we'll get into that shortly. Uh, I will say one thing. Well, let me just – I'll talk in general, guys. I think the story – other than the obvious flight line, which we'll get to, is just how many hor- big favorites lost. I mean, yeah. Baffert had a horrible weekend, by the way. He lost some undercard. He lost an undercard race at like two to five that I personally needed in a pick five. Um, although he did have a two point three million dollar monster that opened yeah. the day. Uh, guys, we got to bring him on, folks. I want to bring on right now. Right now, he's laying backstage. He's, uh, give me a thumbs up, Drew. Make sure you can hear me there. All right, let's bring on live. The 2022 BC BC Champions, the HHH Racing Podcast, Drew Coatney. Wow. Hey. Give him a hand, everyone. There we Woo. go. Hand up. Drew, how you doing, Thank buddy? You. I'm good. I'm good. I'm actually in a car right now, uh, finishing the last leg of the journey back home. So, wow. uh, the last leg of the victory lap. You could have said, you could have said stretch limo, Drew. It's okay. <laughs> we <laughs> Yeah, I don't think the private jet is in play yet either, but we'll, we'll get there back-to-back. I, I gave Matt Miller a bit of a hard time, Drew, uh, last year. I'm like, where are the flashing lights? Where's the fire truck? Where's the – you know when, like, someone comes into the airport and it's like a, a president, they have, like, that water cannon, like, over the plane? Where, where is all that stuff for you? What's going I, on? I, 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 I got I got my own personal water truck, and that was uh, Chad Brown leaning in to me and uh, asking, hey, uh, can I have a loan? And that trophy's really cool that you have there. I would carry that around, too. So uh, that, that trophy didn't leave our side all night for this table. So, yeah, I'm, I'm happy, Howard, to stay on production meeting in the middle of the show. Happy to stay on as long as you guys want. I've probably got a half hour, 45 what? minutes. You don't oh, have to my- talk to me. So I'm happy just to riff on the whole day. Not for me. We can do a specific thing for me, but Howard, whatever you guys want to do, let's do it. Wow. Um, oh, well, let me just rip up my, I got, I got my plan right here. Roll through it. Roll yeah. we'll, through it. We'll do it. Wasn't that good anyway, Drew. Trust us. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Howard, you, you see the crap. Me, you, you see the crap I got to deal with you on, on a nightly basis here. You'll get me twice this week. So let's just have some fun. Yeah, I'll tell you what, Drew, we appreciate you coming on, and I'm so happy. Let's do this. Actually, this will lead me into my plan for everyone here on the show. And, Drew, as someone who's very involved with the podcast, you can tell me if these are good or bad ideas. Guys, I have some evergreen content that I'd like to bring on the next, I'd say, two weeks. One is uh, a specific show with Drew Coney, and I'd love to get Matt Miller, Drew. I think it'd be awesome the three of us chop it up about the BCBC in general. We can go through your strategy. We don't need to do that tonight. I already promoted, by the way, the great show you did with uh, PTF this morning. It's now on In the Money. Highly recommend people take. So let's do it. Let, let's keep your specific 
um, that's out of it for tonight. That's okay. Perfect. Um, guys, I also want to do a special show in the next two weeks on Flightline and where he fits in the Pantheon. How's that, Paul? Good good word. Paul's our words for the good. Pantheon of horse okay. racing greatness. I know. Uh, and Drew, I'll math let you comment real good. quick. Drew, I'll let you re- comment real quick. Very strong opinions one way or another on where Flightline fits in the in the greatness of horse racing, correct? Yeah. Um, I, I think the sale today had about all that needs to be said with that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll, 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 we can talk about that a little bit. And also, guys, I, I want to – by the way, I want to get Jay Pridman on that. I'm just call, call, calling Jay Pridman. Um, I'm going to reach out to uh, Jay Pridman, who is a recently retired, unbelievable horse racing journalist. Uh, just, just, I think Paul's like literally an inch below that, if that's even humanly possible. <laughs> um, but we're hoping to that get Jay Pridman on. I think that'd be a good show. So um, those those are some thoughts that I, I have right now, guys, in terms of some evergreen content. Um, very quickly, my thoughts, again, just to finish my thoughts, big upsets. We talked about this, guys, uh, before, you know, obviously last week. The chances of Cave Rock, Jackie's Warrior, and Golden Pal all going down, very slim. And coincidentally, and Drew can talk about this later when he's on his own show with, with us, uh, the fact that Golden Pal loss actually indirectly worked very well <laughs> into his championship. Um, Paul, credit to you. You were against Golden Pal, although he never really broke, so it's hard to say, you know, how good he would have been. But the fact of the matter is he finished, what, sixth or seventh. It was just bad, Paul. Yeah, it was over. It really was over at the start. You know, I, I know Kurt was obligated to call him a few times during the race, but the way that he runs, that race was over five jumps. He was not winning that race five jumps out of the thing. Now, no. you know, all you got to do is come up with the Pennsylvania bread Caravel at forty-three <laughs> to one, there and you, go. uh, you know, you're good. You know, again, it, it's a matter. These races are so tough because. We're all inclined to try to beat the favorite if we can. But now there's still, you know, probably eight, some races, eight other viable alternatives. You know, you're going to have yeah. three or four that can't win like the, you know, Tyler's Tribes of the world. Good right. God help him. I'm glad he wasn't hurt badly. But, you know, you're going to have some horses who just can't win. But, you know, even Caravel, it's easy after the fact. But, you know. It's 43 to one, it, you know, if Golden Pal's not in the race, Caravel's probably 12, 15 to one. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, well, Jackie's well, warrior. I'm truly shocked at. I, I didn't see him losing, but yeah. what do I we'll, know? We'll get into the races. I, this is Drew. I'm so glad you're on because it feels, this feels a lot more meaningful what I'm about to say that in fact you're actually on the show, which uh, please can, I, I'll just can, Drew, please confirm this was not planned. I mean, I didn't know you would be in the car. I figured I'd get you on next time. Right, Drew, to the people that are watching and listening? Uh, no, 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 no. I, I was going to be in the car, and uh, thankfully we have a, a quiet two-year-old sleeping next to us. So <laughs> oh, okay. the opportunity was perfect. No, 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 you're in my earpiece. Okay. You're good. I know. By the way, the last name is Roscoe. That's an inside <laughs> yeah. check. He, he knows what that means. Uh, anyway. Uh, Rashidio? I, I'm, I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. With something else. Let, let me get serious for a moment, guys, um, and then we'll talk about the races. But, but I got to get this off my chest. Um, the time that I had and Kyle had was just absolutely tremendous. And, Drew, of course, you were a big part of that, uh, whether you'd won or not. Um, I want to show a, a picture. I'm going to show two pictures. And, Drew, you'll be fine with this. I'm not showing anything that's embarrassing or anything because I absolutely – if I want to show something 
a little more embarrassing. You probably know where I'm going with that. I'd ask you permission, of course, first. But I want to show two pictures, guys, which sort of sums up um, really the whole weekend and the whole day uh, to me. So let me go ahead and well, – that's not what I wanted. Sorry. Got to hit this Yeah, and while, while you're doing that, Howard, and pulling him up, I, I think um, my whole point is just trying to pay it forward a little bit for all the camaraderie that was had. So I'll turn well, it back to you. No, thanks. I'll, I'll put us on the bottom of the screen there. There you go. Um, so this was – uh, Saturday before the races, we did this in the morning. We were like, let's just get some pictures out of the way. We got their first thing for those people who don't know this, this ugly dude right here is Kyle Roscoe on the left. Here's Matt Miller. The, I can say it now, Drew, this got feel great to you too. Last year's BCBC, uh, champ. This is another BCBC champ and friend, Brad Anderson. Um, then we have, of course, your lovely wife, Nancy drew and uh, here's drew. And, and then, uh, myself here. Uh, on the right. So that, of course, was Saturday morning. Then, uh, how, many le- how many hours later, Drew? Eight? Nine? I don't I can't even know how many. Ten? Whatever? I think we walk. I think we walked in at 9.30 and we're walking out around 8. So yeah. I think it was closer to 11. Drew, do you want to talk about this pick a little bit for everyone? If you can keep it yeah. together. I don't know if you've got any more motions left, but. Oh, uh, well, I, I did, I did uh, choke up talking to Peter again this morning uh, on the In the Money Players podcast. But um, this was a fantastic idea by Brad Anderson to run ahead and go find a spot to take a just absolutely epic picture. And this is in the clubhouse. And if anyone doesn't have a chance, I think Kenny Main tweeted this out to take a quiet moment to go to the clubhouse and it was funny we walked in i don't know if anyone remembers this we walked in and there were like two drunk girls passed out on the couches and i think (laughs) they realized the ceremony that was happening and just like slowly escorted their their friends out of there and we just had this epic room to ourselves and i I think this this just sums it up of the support and i mean what horse playing is all about is supporting one another through thick and thin and uh this was a big one for us so I appreciate well, the team's work and uh, it kind of one of those, it, it took a village and um, I, I made some smart decisions that put us, in, put myself in position and uh, the table, I mean, the tables help. And, and I can't advocate for this enough. And Jim Goodman and Tim Schramm doing such a great job being in that room and having you all as kind of the, the consultancy of a I'm, I'm do. I'm thinking about this right. Yeah, like there's no question. I'm doing this. Yeah, and there was about two or three of those that, right? Everyone's like, yeah, this is this this is the way to think of it. So having that sounding board, being live and Keeneland as the event it is, I couldn't have gone any better. Well, and we'd be remiss not to mention there is someone in in someone that was with us for most of the, or a lot of Saturday that was not either of those pictures. Nick Tamro, who I know you mentioned, drew on the show with in the money that was instrumental as well more sort of confirming your what you were going to do drew and and that's a great voice to uh get some feedback also yeah absolutely and we we kind of had a rhythm i would uh my wife and i nancy was helping handle tickets and her job was minimums and just making sure that the targets were getting hit we'll talk about targets howard in a a later podcast yeah 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 she was really helping us get everything done so i would consult with her we would then turn to Nick and say, Nick, what do you think? What's your idea in this uh, race? Just to confirm, you know, he had my picks grid already. He knew what I was going to do. And, uh, and I, I, I forgot to tell you this, Howard. I don't know if you picked up on this. 
Uh, I didn't open or analyze a single PP that day. Yeah, you All saw, the you handicapping work Saturday. was done. Yeah. And I, I just I, I like walked out of there saying, wait, I thought I was supposed to handicap. And, and the strategy played exactly to a T that we were looking to get. So, you know, big thanks to Nancy for helping get everything straight in my head and then the sounding board of the table that we had. Well, it was, I just want to finish off by, and by the way, any comments from Drew Cody, this is completely unexpected. So I'm really happy you're with us, Drew. Any, we have a, a huge a live audience right now, Drew. So any comments and questions for Drew, we'll, we'll get them in, but we do want to focus more on the races tonight. Um, I, I just want to say uh, how special it was, Drew, to spend, it's actually the first time I met you in person this weekend, even though we've, we've you've been on our show a few times and et cetera. That was a pleasure. Um, and just the whole group, what I, what I really want to say, guys, is just to be around people of this caliber just made the whole weekend awesome. I told myself that no matter win or lose, and Pete and Paul, we've all been through this on certain horse racing trips or whatever. And Pete, I met a uh, cousin of yours, by the way. Cousin, right? Cousin? Cousin, yep. yep. Cousin, great, great guy. Um, it, it's not – well, Drew will probably disagree with this, but it can't be about the winning and losing. I mean, I, I told myself as I got on the plane – on the way there, of course, I didn't get off the plane on the way home because the flight was canceled. That's a whole other story. Um, no matter what happens at the windows, I was going to have an unbelievable weekend. And I did. And the windows, the horses didn't treat me great in a lot of ways with, the, with uh, some pick sixes and, and, and certainly not the BCBC for me. We'll t- we can talk about that at a later time. But the way we were treated, the people I was with, the people I met, real quick, had conversation with Chad Brown. And, Paul, I was thinking about you, to be honest, when I was about to go up to Chad Brown. Because, Paul, um, and Drew, I don't know if you know, Paul's an excellent uh, journalist for the Saratoga Special. He talks to, you know, horsemen all the time. But guys like myself, I mean, we don't get that chance, especially if you live in Chicago. And as I'm walking up to Chad, I'm like, Paul gets to do this all the time at Saratoga. (laughs) How crazy is that? Talk to jockeys and just walking by Mike Smith and Johnny V and have a real conversation with Chad Brown. And I also want to shout out – a shout out to um, Nick Ilyevsky from uh, FanDuel. He was awesome. Uh, Nick, it was a pleasure to meet you. Other uh, FanDuel personalities that I've already met and some I had not, like Mike Joyce. I had a great 15-minute conversation with Mike Joyce. And finally, and then I'll let you talk, Kyle, um, some great fans of the podcast. I met 10 or 12 fans. Some I had planned through DMs. I had a few people like Howard. And I'm Drew, I'm still used to this. You're going to get used to this now, Drew. Like Howard, and I look around, and I don't know this person. I'm like, who is this guy? And I'm like, oh, they must watch the show. And Drew, that's that's a little surreal, right? Did that happen to you this weekend already, or even today, maybe? I mean, people were handing us bottles of champagne uh, with at our table that we celebrated and personalized notes saying, thanks so much and congrats. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's just – it's been surreal so far in the last two days. Uh, we have a message from Matt Miller. Paul, this is for you. It says, Paul, I'm warning you in advance that my game rolls a little deep these days. We're coming to Saratoga this summer, baby. And we're ready for the barbecue you offered. I'm guaranteeing a blast. Paul Howard, new new official group yep. in the BCBC Posse. Paul, how do you feel about that? I've already – I was with my, my gang this weekend at beautiful Aqueduct and uh, the gang that – I have the house with at Saratoga. Matt and I have already discussed this offline. I told him, you must come Whitney weekend. And on Whitney Eve, you will be at our what has become our annual barbecue now. And uh, you will be guaranteed to have a good time. So you guys are coming that weekend, whether you know it or not, Howard. 
Beautiful. <laughs> Kyle, I know you can, you know, for Kyle, for someone like you. And we'll, we'll, folks, we're getting to the races, guys. We got to reminisce just for a little bit here, though. Uh, we'll, we'll take two more minutes. We'll get in the races. Kyle, for someone like you, you're 23 years old. Your first time at the BCBC. I know you expect to have a great time. You've got your buddy just to your left here on the screen who support you physically, emotionally, every, and you just met him literally like 24 hours before, which is the crazy part of all of it. Can you describe at all, Kyle, the emotions uh, of the weekend and the time you had within one minute? Is that even possible? Yeah. I mean, no, it's not, but we're going to try. I mean, I mean, I was getting emotional. I wasn't even part of it, man. Like you're talking about camaraderie and all these tell the talent at the table. How do you think I felt? A year ago today, I was sitting in my dorm room looking out the window to at Waukesha, Wisconsin, betting the Breeders' Cup on my computer, betting $5 on a race. And next thing I know, me and Drew are walking down to the same exact spot, seven races in a row, the exact same way every single time. And I did because I did not want to screw up anything that he had planned. Like, it's just literally one of the craziest and greatest experiences of my entire life just being around the people that i met and like i said i met drew less than 24 hours before what we did and the fact that we what i felt was a bond that formed just because we all just went to the same spot with all those people down there and just some ran like the usher that drew mentioned on the in the money show his name was keith uh guys next to us i don't even know their names drew i don't know if you do or not i don't even know their names but no, same... it was I was superstitious. I never knew yeah. their names, so I didn't want to know their names. <laughs> yeah. It became no, that. I was like, we're too far and deep to get on a name to name basis. Those guys, if you're listening, you were awesome. I'm sorry I didn't ask for your name. No, Kyle, just... do anything. I don't, I don't. If you get emotional, that's that's cool. We're all. I, you know, I'm an emotional guy. Anything quickly you want to say publicly to to, to Drew? You know, per, about about the weekend. I mean, dude, I I don't know what to say, man. Like, kids, it was the coolest experience of my entire life. I don't, I don't know what to say. It was just the coolest thing to get down there with you and through that entire, um, through the entire experience, you know, just you coming up to me and being like, yo, you ready, bro? Let's go. And I was like, let's fucking go, man. Sorry. I know. I swear it, but let's oh, go, boy. man. Wait, get the swear. Get, Paul, yeah. get the swear jar. We got to have, have, you know, have a beverage. It's not a hundred percent, but for me, it's close enough. There we go. <laughs> but I was like, Let's go, man. I'm so in it with you. Let's just do it. 100%, Matt. That's right. <laughs> and there's the yeah. drink. But Gotta have another one. It's, it was just a cool experience. I could not thank you enough for everything you yeah. did. Kyle, Absolutely. We... And the, the only ask is that you pay it forward, right? Like, you're going to be in my spot 10 years from now, and hopefully you do the same thing. And, uh, yeah, I, I, this is a whole other topic, but having a personality you like to watch races with, I don't know why, Kyle. We can we can go psychoanalyze that one later over mm -hmm. beers, but just the the vibe that you and I had at Brad Anderson, yes, again Ed, coming through with the documentation, took a photo of us, and I I think someone's stitching them all together. So there's a, a like the same spot, the same pose, the mm -hmm. same side for me and Kyle for seven races in a row. <laughs> um, and let's just say the uh, my, my look was <laughs> changing drastically as things progressed. Uh, but, Christine, I don't know what you're old. I, I don't know. I hope you're not referring to me. I don't, just, definitely not Paul. I don't know who he's referring to. Uh, thank you, Christine. Big fan of the show, Drew. Uh, Kyle, we feel your emotion, man. I'm almost like tearing up as you were I just I, I almost had to take you or, or me off the screen there for a second. But thanks, Kyle. We appreciate it. All right. Uh, Pete, you've been very patiently. Uh, Paul and Pete, 
Um, I know this is sort of spot on. And again, I'd rather not get into details of BCBC, but any quick, I'll give you one question for Drew and then we'll get on the races. Anything or anything you want to say personally, Peter Paul? To Drew? Go ahead, Paul. Well, I do. Yeah, the Howard, the journalist in me has to come out here. We we can't have the BCBC champ on the show 48 hours after he bet a huge bet. We we gotta at least ask about the last bet. And maybe that could be the tease for the in-depth show, but we would be journalistically irresponsible if we had the advantage of having the champ on and not let him tell people what went into that last bet. So, Drew, tell us how much you had and what you did. Yeah. And what place uh, you were in. Yeah, I was in first place. I had a $30,000 lead, and I had nine – we can talk about it as well, uh, but – Howard, you and I will go in depth in this, but 97,185 and some odd cents. And my whole goal, and I even called my dad on the way down, not a horse player, not a gambler. And I told him, hey, here's what I'm trying to do. It's a $100,000 wager on flight line. It's a horse of a lifetime. And I'm going to be in a position to take a two to five shot and make it nine to two. And that opportunity is never going to happen. And I have to do it. And so having that kind of conviction early on was tremendously helpful in making decisions. And that's why I was saying like the program didn't come into play when we were make when like we're looking at, okay, what, 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 how do I take this money and make it as much as I can? And so um, the, the play I had to make was $97,185 on flight line at two to five. And yeah, I think the fascinating thing is the process um, and you'll be able to see, there's going to be a reaction video that the podcast will be releasing soon of just the raw emotions that happen, but you have to place those in $500 increments. So I don't know if anyone's ever submitted $97,185 in 500 increments, but it takes about 16 minutes of hitting repeat that. And so I called Jonathan Kinchin and said, Hey man, like, you know, on the down low, don't tell anyone, you know, but here's what I'm doing. He said, man, just remember, like, I wanted to call my dad and he wasn't with us at this point. So just be thankful and give him a holler here for me, would you? And I mean, as you're sitting there putting all of this money that you just worked so hard for and could walk away with 97185 knowing like this, am I sane? Is this, is this the right thing to do? And um, as I said in the Players Podcast, I would not advocate for doing this with a five-to-one shot in a mating claiming N2L event in a contest. Like, the, the circumstances were extremely different. You knew exactly what this horse was trying to do. You knew that, as of today, right, $185 million this horse is valued. I think that's arguable at this point, but they wanted to win this race as badly as they could and that's what we did and um i was able to smash him i think matt bernier what do you say kyle uh uh what was this i gotta it's, find it on the ch- it takes on. the it takes balls the size of grapefruits to make there a bet go. like that there you that's go what he said uh pete any any just i know it's the sort of last second off the cuff here. yeah quick question for drew no, actually, Drew indirectly just answered the question I was going to have. Did it make it a whole lot easier that it was Flightline, one of the 
maybe three greatest horses to ever live as opposed to just a random favorite, even if it was not a five to one shot, even if it was just, hey, this is just a seven to five, eight to five shot. Would you have even thought about it? Or was it just the fact that, hey, this is flight line. He's as dominant as they come. If I lose because he loses, maybe I didn't deserve to win kind of thing. (laughs) Yeah, but I think the distap answers that question and how I played that where I had already wagered $50,000 Dutch to fading next. Mm. Next wins, I'm done. So um, it, it became math for, for me at that point. And, I mean, that was the strategy in the whole way. And I think just the emotions of it were the hardest thing to have to deal with. And I, I think if you ask the question, would I bet against flight line in this situation, I think that's a really hard, hard one to say I would. I think exactism tries would have been the answer. And I think Olympiad showed his ability. Shout out to Ellen J. Foxwood for that great run. Um, and the, the overlay and price that we saw, I, I don't know exactly what it paid, but it, it paid handsomely. Um, uh, Seventeen eighty-seven for a dollar was the exacta. Right. So you take $20,000 and uh, whew, that gets close. Well, we'll, we're going to, and Pete and Paul don't know this. In fact, most of the public doesn't know this. We'll we'll talk about, you know, Drew whenever. We'll figure it out off camera when you're going to come on. But um, there was a very likely scenario, Drew, of you not winning this thing based on someone basically leaving the putt short, so to speak. Um, That sort of, you've no control over. But I, I, anyone out there, if you had flight line nine to two, you're not willing to bet. Uh, <laughs> Matt Miller yeah, said you should ask your wife about the exact yeah. uh, how you don't know Nancy, that uh, yeah what what did the exact to pay Nancy do you know she's calculating <laughs> so yeah she's saying 18 to 1 roughly yeah that's basically what it was hi Nancy tell her we all say yeah. hello by the way everyone um, says hello from the live ethers of YouTube <laughs> Um, anyway, here, here's what we're going to do guys. Uh, you know, again, congratulations. We'll, we'll have Drew on. Uh, I want to, any questions for Drew, let's try to keep them to the races that, you know, the, the results here, cause we're 35 minutes in, we haven't talked about the races, but obviously we got detour a little bit. Here's what we're going to do guys. I'm going to make a general, I'm just going to make a uh, decision here. I, some races we're not really going to talk about. I'll show the chart. We'll do like literally like a five second whip around other races. We'll talk a little bit more. We are planning on going until about 9.15 uh, this evening. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and bring up um, – uh, I think that's really all I wanted to say in general. Let's go ahead and bring up the charts here. I'm gonna, we're going to start in order from Friday, uh, Breeders' Cup, uh, Juvenile Turf. Uh, this will be just a quick whip around, guys, because, uh, frankly, we – again, we, I think we had to give Drew his props there. And, Drew, feel free to chime in. Uh, let me go ahead and bring it up right now here. This is – Let's talk about the juvenile here. I'm going to make this bigger uh, so everyone can see, including Drew, who probably uh, can't see things great here. There you go. Uh, you see on the top, uh, Mr. Magic, one of the few horses that Davy Lane um, didn't love. And by the way, I got to say this, guys. I'm sorry. If you watch a show, Davy Lane absolutely crushed the Euros, guys. So shout, congrats and shout out to Davy Lane. Got a lot of props. And we all had plenty of nice winners and opinions, too. But Davey said, I think it may be six, you know, six six out of the seven, the Euros will win. What happened? Six out of the seven, the Euros won. So shout out to Davey Lane. Um, I guess there's two main thoughts there on this race. 
Uh, Pete, I'll let you go first. Missive Magic winning and just the complete pace collapse and the unfortunate bleeding issue uh, from Tyler's tribe. From what I understand, it's going to be okay. Yeah, I mean, I did. This was one where I think I think we we talked about how much pace there was, so it was predictable in a sense. It maybe wasn't as predictable for everyone who would benefit most from that. But as you could see, I mean, Mischief Magic came from off Private Creed. We talked about as maybe one of the better closers if the pace did heat up and dramatized the same. Who who just sort of runs, you know, runs that sort of close up, re- relatively close up race. But I mean, you see, a lot of the speed is all just hanging out on the bottom of that chart there. So I think we talked about it, right? It was just the point of whether you yeah. came up with the horse. I mean, as you see, the one thing I'll note, and this is going to carry through, is you see Buick and Moore on the top of that chart. And sort of Paul talked about it. The one takeaway I had for the two days was just that how much more aggressive they seem to be and how much they get their horses in more cases than not in the clear and give them run as opposed to some of the, the, the uh, softer jockeying that we see on a daily basis where they're not as aggressive. I just thought when you, especially on the turf, obviously, because that was the only one those guys were in, but it was so apparent watching them like, man, they're just, they're just so much more aggressive. They know where their horse needs to be and they know how to get to the wire. And that, that was the most impressive thing to me. I will say, and Kyle, I think Kyle's with me. We had great, I, I mean, man, I, I'm going to keep this short because we go, Kyle and I had great access to the paddock. Um, what we all did, Drew, everyone. I went down there, dramatized guys was, was crazy in the paddock. Like, not like out of control, but like jumping around, like very anxious two-year-old filly. They finally got her, like, calmed down. I turned to Kyle, like, I'm not sure this is good or not because I didn't want her exhausting energy. Of course, this was my top pick in the race. I thought she ran huge. Um, Paul, were you surprised it came near your in this race? I think a lot of people probably were. Say that again, Howard. I'm sorry. Were you surprised surprised it came Euro, Euro, one, two in this race? Uh, no, I was just on the wrong one. I played off Persian force, the Tories horse, who was, I thought was a winner coming home, to be honest with you. He was moved up to second. He had that same, uh, he had that same clear run and, and just didn't, didn't fire. But it, it, it kind of bothered me because, um, I, I had uh, both the four and five, I had as solid B's and I, I thought that speedboat beach was one of the most ridiculous bets uh, as far as taking money that I've ever seen. And the, the thought that that horse one time on turf, just because he's a speed horse trained by Baffert was going to, to take on those horses. I, I, I just thought that was silly. So, you know, but I keyed the wrong horse, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Drew, did you, uh, I punted on this race, Drew, uh, in the BCBC. I don't like turf sprints in general, Drew. I certainly don't like two-year-old turf sprints. Did you, did you play this race, Drew? Yeah, we, yeah, I played a uh, a little bit of Love Reigns into the next race. I can't remember, but Friday was a minimum day for me on both of the – Yeah. Uh, for all of these. So Love Reigns into a couple others, idea being if I could get alive to five or 10,000, that just makes my day so much easier, and then I can start going in faster uh, to leverage my bankroll. But, nope, sure. just Love Reigns and didn't okay. really work out. She didn't run. All right. Uh, let's. Uh, by the way, people are just joining us. Like, what's going on, on the bottom left side of the screen? That is your newly crowned 2022 BCBC champ, Drew Cotton. He was in the car. D- Drew, don't worry about the lighting, man. We can hear your voice. It's fine. Don't worry about the lighting. He's got a. He's got a two-year-old in the, in the back that's trying to sleep too. So, uh, anyway, uh, let's go on to the next race, guys. 
the next race was a was a race that I was actually a bit interested in the BCBC. I played a minimum here. It was the juvenile. Um, it was the juvenile Phillies uh, dirt race. Wonder Wheel wins. Not really a horse we loved in general. I think that's fair to say, guys, on this podcast. We thought that you know she won last time, but we weren't really sure how she'd do. Uh, Kyle, inexplicably enough, Wonder Wheel didn't break great and actually closed. One of the few horses that actually won on the dirt coming from behind all weekend, only getting an A3 buyer. I think it's fair to say it was a pretty weak race. Yeah, and like you said, that buyer kind of tells the story of everything. Like, And just a little bit of insight into my bets as well. I know I had Chop Chop on top in the power picks and everything, but the way the track was just playing that the way that our table noticed was it would it was so much better to be forwardly placed on the dirt. So I actually played Wonder Wheel and Raging Sea into the Meditate, which we'll talk about next race, because I thought they'd be forwardly placed. And then Wonder Wheel breaks horrible, comes from the back and closes like a train anyway. So it's, you know, sometimes, like I said earlier, it's better to be lucky than good. But yeah, I mean, Tyler, great ride by Tyler after breaking slow and um, Wonder Wheel kind of show. Granted, it was a slow race, but she showed that she she is the, the real deal and can beat a bunch of horses. Guys, I think what we'll do on time purposes is I, I'm just gonna I'm just I probably won't go to each one of you. I'll just you know randomly pick you yeah. guys, and if, if you have something you want to say, just you know ch- just you know pipe up, say Howard, blah blah blah. We'll just do that. Uh, Pete, two horses that came second, third. We talked about in the show. Leave no trace, which I think we you and I uh, well the whole all of us were sort of going uh, you know some liked some didn't. Really ran very well from a wide post and raging sea. Pratt really did everything that he could from a 14 hole. Uh, he did run, or excuse me, she, gosh, darn it. Okay. Have a drink, everyone. Cheers. She, <laughs> that's another one, Drew. If she's wrong gender, Drew, it's a drink on this show. Uh, we, we've increased our drinking games, Drew, for better or worse on this show. Um, <laughs> oh, I love it. I can't afford to be, uh, have any more drinks, but yeah, I, soon to <laughs> No, that's cool. Uh, Pete, Raging Sea ran huge, uh, but just didn't quite get the job done on the 14 hole. Yeah, not to belabor it too much, but we I know you and I at least had her had her as our top choice until she yeah. got the 14 holes. So that that and I know I'm not a huge post person, but you could tell that it, that wasn't one to maybe key after being stuck out there. And then leave no trace. I, again, leave no trace was weird because we thought she'd have to leave and she did and she was up pressing the pace and just sort of held longer because a lot of the other pace it never really took shape like we thought. I think this was another no. one. We thought there could be a little bit more pace and and it didn't necessarily take the shape that maybe we thought. And and she just ran a beautiful race. I mean, she hung on. She hung yeah. on fantastically. She ran well. By the way, you got new, uh, let's see, Shanika Brown. Love when you have our female viewers. Shanika Brown, thanks. Said, talked about flight line here and um, second place. But Shanika, thank you very much for joining the show. We Love to have our new viewers here. We got Lon Garfield. Lon, what's up, buddy? Appreciate you joining uh, the show tonight as well. Kyle threw a shout out. Um, any anything else we want to move? I well, full disclosure, this all comes out public, by the way. I I liked Atomically. I I had a win bet on Atomically. I had I think a doubles with Atomically, and I also played my try, Paul. You know my famous uh, not my famous, but the bet I like most, which is put Atomically in all three spots. Just minimum bets. Obviously didn't work out. I thought she got a decent trip. She just didn't fire late. Um, anyway, any any quick thoughts? Drew, anything you want to add real quick before we move on from this race? No, it was a tough one. Leave no trace. Yeah. Did like in the picks grid. I don't think I played in the contest because it was okay. one of those 
a bridge too far. So I can't remember. We'll have to go back and look at the picks. But, okay. Uh, that was the only thing I was somewhat right about leave no trace in the underneath cause okay. uh, of that sloppy track. Uh, yeah. That wonder wheel and leave no trace came from. And guys, I was also thinking about showing some replays. But we know time. People can watch the replays. We don't. We don't need to show the video. Maybe we'll, I think that last race on set, we might show a video. Just and we might have to show the distaff. Um, if Drew, well, whether Drew's on or not, we'll have to show the distaff. Um, and Drew knows why. Um, and it was the best race of the weekend, probably in terms of the finish. Uh, oh. Meditate, Paul. Meditate was Davy Lane's top choice of the entire weekend. She was absolutely awesome. And if you thought she was going to win. What's wrong with getting, you know, $6.08 if you thought she laid over the field here? Yeah, I'm a little mad at myself here because I I needed to adjust. I had the four and five as A's all week, and and I I did primarily what Drew described. Uh, I I did have my PPs out on Saturday, but, you know, I try not to change too much going into these days because you put so much damn work into it. Now all of a sudden you're going to become smart in the last eight hours, right. you know, and, and wonder wheels, an example, you know, everyone was down on wonder wheel. I, my two A's in that race were the five and seven from the outset. And, and I stuck with that. So I did have her as an A, you know, I ultimately didn't hit the sequence, but that was, but I, I kind of keyed off the four and five. And after, you know, even at that point, it, it should have been obvious turf race Euro on top. Yeah, and, and, and like, um, I, was it Pete, you mentioned that Moore kept his horse in the, like the two or three playoff the whole way. He didn't try to get cute and mess around and like save ground. I think Moore just knew that he had, that, that, that he was on the best filly in this race. Yeah, they know when they're on the best one and they don't screw around and let it get, no. you know, let it get stuck somewhere when it's not supposed to. And they know if you have the best and you kick it into gear and you just give it a straight shot in the lane that they're going to get there. And, and that's exactly what happened here. I'll say my... Uh, on the show, one of my best bets was Kajira, who I think, I mean, that wasn't even just a bad race. That was watching her. She looked like, um, yeah. I don't even know. I thought she might've got hurt too as well, but it didn't, I don't see anything come out because she just ran in the back and then just sort of went backwards and it's almost like she was pulled up a little bit. So that was disappointing, but I actually had meditate, but I was only, I was dead in the pick five and wasn't even betting. It was a bloodbath on Friday for the most part for me. So, but I, I like what Paul said though, real quick. I like what Paul said was cause and, and drew touched on it. So Saturday, I didn't really handicap Saturday. I had, I felt really confident in my pick Saturday and I knew Friday I was so spread in all the races that I didn't have any confidence and it showed even that day. So maybe that's a, just a lesson for myself is to say, look, if you don't have the confidence, you don't have to force bets just because they're there. You know, you can do stuff, but still um, find a way to maybe narrow. Cause I was so spread on Friday, but Saturday I was just, I sort of was locked in and maybe didn't make the best bets every time, but I was confident in the horses that I handicapped. So it might be a lesson for everybody. Hey Drew, I got a bit of off the cuff question from Jeff Amster he said, are you a World War II history buff since you cited <laughs> Operation Market Garden and the famous bridge at Arnhem? I have no idea what that is, but okay. I, I hope. I, I was like, I don't know where that came from, but maybe I missed something. I don't know. All right. Sorry, Drew. <laughs> we, well, we need, we need to know the answer here. So hopefully it's not uh, – hopefully it's politically correct and we can share it because I'm very fascinated with it. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't um, – I played point, a – sorry, go oh, ahead, Drew. I was just going to add one thing to the point of confidence. Um, I shifted the, uh, the confidence on the turf just for that reason. 
um, when you look and say, where, where can I get my money in? Um, and we can talk about that later, but it saved me a tournament. I went from wagering 50,000 to 600 in between two races. So it, it, it I mean, heavy, uh, that's one thing I get to walk away with is knowing I navigated a, a minefield. So sorry, but back to you. No, yeah. No, um, I had two entries in this tournament and, this particular part of the day really hurt me. I really like Pleasant Passage, who I thought ran very big, by the way. Ran suck. I should have played the exact. Of course, I didn't. I'm not really a vertical player, usually. I thought Pleasant Passage ran huge. Didn't break great. Um, Meditate sort of came over the top, got the jump on Pleasant Passage, and then she had to try to follow. And at that point, there's no way that Pleasant Passage was beating. But I, have a, I had a pretty big double. Um, not all in anything crazy, but more than the minimum double Pleasant Passage to Cave Rock, which, of course, at the time I thought was a good decision. Obviously, neither one worked out. Um, anyway, I think we can go on to the next race. Meditate was absolutely awesome, guys. Uh, let's go to the next race. And this race, I hate to even mention because this one really hurt. And it hurt. We can talk about this more um, when we have our sort of BCBC exclusive show. It didn't hurt Drew, it didn't hurt Drew Coatney because he just did three minimums on Saturday. So good on him. I know it hurt a lot of people, unfortunately at our table. And I'll just mention very quickly what happened. Um, here's the breeders cup, uh, juvenile. One of a few big, uh, let's see. Oh, okay. There's the answer. I don't know if you can say on the screen, drew, you would just mention something was a bridge too far. So maybe <laughs> that just that phrase is why he thought you were. Th thanks about that. Um, cave rock was just not, not very good. Uh, not good enough. I, I wouldn't say that, he was bad. I, I guess I just gave him a little, little too short trip. Uh, Forte won. Congratulations to Forte, who, Kyle, I got to put us on screen. Uh, Kyle and I can confirm this horse maybe looked the best of any horse all weekend in the paddock. I mean, and Paul, this is something that I've got to learn more because, again, I'm not a horse whisperer. I don't get to go to a lot of races in person, especially now with, with Arnton closing. We still have the wonderful Hawthorne, who's a great sponsor, and I plan on going there more. But frankly, that's something I got to work on is sort of horse behavior and flesh in the paddock. Forte Paul was like prancing, calmly, ears pricked, neck bowed. Kyle, Forte looked unbelievable in the paddock, correct? Yeah, I mean, we were standing next to each other. We both, he walks, yeah. Cave Rock walks past, Forte walks past. We look at each other, and he goes, we go, that, that horse looks 10, 10 times better than Cave Rock does. but yeah. And like I said, you know, better or worse, we stick with our guns, and obviously we get beat. But, you know, I, I wouldn't have wavered. I know we talked about this as well. I was not going to waver off Cave Rock just because of that. But it definitely is um, a good thing to say that Forte looked amazing in the paddock. Hey, not Howard, real quick. Paul, were you – Paul, where you were, were you listening to the broadcast when you were – were you listening to it live before this race? I was listening to the TVG FanDuel broadcast. Oh, okay. So no, because the I guess whatever the whatever the stream was, right when they were going into the gate, I forget I forget who it was. I forget there was a couple. Oh, of they, the were negative, uh, they, they, they were negative. They were all. They, I mean, it was a little too late, unfortunately, because yep. they were basically it loading was, uh, into the gate. You know who it was? It was Michelle Yu. It was Michelle Yu. That's who it was, and they were basically killing Cave Rock. He said he was I would, warm, I would warm in the paddock warm and, and didn't bet get against much better him. on the track. Yeah, and like he would be, yep. be a complete bet against. But I'm like, yeah, well, it doesn't. It's a hard thing to tell me when you're, you know, we're eight seconds before the race is supposed to start. That would have been nice to know a little about ten minutes earlier. But 
So, guys, I decided it, this show is clearly not about me. It's about everyone here. But I think this point in particular should be mentioned. And we have to be honest with people on this show. I was very big on Cave Rock, and I loved Victoria Road as a price. I, I had one, I had two entries, and I spent, I was all in on on one entry for about, at that point, it was about $4,000, Cave Rock to Victoria Road. Uh, if that had come in, guys, uh, Drew, you better look out, because next time I'm coming for you, buddy. If, <laughs> if that had come out, <laughs> if, that had, if that had come in, uh, would about 25 grand. And my goal, Drew, on the week, on the, my goal on one entry was to get to about twenty-five grand at the end of the first day. My other entry, I just played minimum, so I was right with you, Drew, on one of my entries. Uh, Matt Miller was here's Matt Miller was uh, you know all in with with Cave Rock, ended his first BCB century. Uh, Paul and Pete and Kyle knows this. The Cave Rock loss cost our wonderful group of people. What, Drew? I think we counted about 75 grand with all of our doubles and all-ins. Drew, something crazy. Yeah, I, I got the text because I, I split off uh, from you all, but I got the text from what you all had on Cave Rock. And yeah, I, I, there, this is, a, and this is, I guess, a chink in my handicapping is I like to be contrarian. Um, and we'll get to modern games and how this podcast shaped my view of modern games because I took a stand against back in, in Woodbine Mile, and that was a mistake. Um, but I knew a lot of people were all in Cave Rock Silver Knot, and uh, I just thought that's not going to give me any advantage to have that, so let's play the minimums, keep moving, because two-year-olds are volatile. Yep. And, and Matt Bernier talked about on this show uh, that, that he said, you know, you got to be careful in the BCBC. A lot of people are going to make strong moves on these big favorites, and that may or may not work out for well for them. And, of course, he was probably correct. Real quick about the race, guys, Paul. I thought we, we talked about this on the post position show. Remember, Paul, we bantered, we bantered back and forth about Hurricane J on the rail. Um, I don't think this was as much about Hurricane J as it turned out, as much as Cave Rock not breaking. He, he broke a step slow. Juan Hernandez had to rush up. And I looked over to Kyle. I think Kyle, we were watching this race there. I can't remember. But I, I said, you know, once. Uh, Talmo decided to fight a little bit on the, like the end of the first turn and K and K rock didn't clear. I knew I was in trouble. Paul. Yeah. I think hurricane J, you know, made him run just fast enough. You know, it, it didn't help. And, and we were talking about that. The guys I was with too. Uh, and, and look at, I fully thought cave rock was the most likely winner, but you know, when I heard people talking about cave rock, as a likely winner in flight line in the same breath. And, and I just thought that was frankly silly. You know, you're dealing with a two-year-old who, you know, if you're going to have those type of issues out on the track in the paddock, there's a much better chance of having them as a two-year-old horse shipping for the first time, you know, weather, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, no excuse. You know, I, I, I wasn't big on Fort, Fort, I guess it's pronounced. Uh, I ironically oh, how it got on. Okay. Yeah, they it, it is fort apparently. Oh, um, I okay. got in on Baffert's other horse, National Treasure, who I yeah. was a little wary of the post on, but actually ran pretty well. And turns out the the wide post was his undoing. But you know, the, certainly you can't fault anyone who was was on Cave Rock uh, like that. I, I just think that you know it's a little bit of a different animal with a two year old. I can confirm for everyone. Kate, I, I saw this all this stuff on Twitter and. I, 
Cave Rock looked fine in the paddock. I don't this. I mean, like I said, I'm not a horse whisperer, but I, I know horse flesh pretty well. I Kyle, Kyle, we we didn't see. Any, he wasn't rambunctious. He wasn't like. I mean, he, he was calm, but I thought he looked fine. He wasn't like overly physically imposing. I'll say that, but I mean, he looked fine. If I really thought he was that negative, I might have changed my pick, Kyle. I I, I don't know. I'm sure right. on the track he might have been that way, but we didn't get that advantage to see that. Right, yeah, we were obviously in the in the room. I mean, he could have been even because the where. So for people at home, where we were sitting, where the BCBC gave was so grateful. We were very grateful to have that great access. We were at the very last part of the paddock before they went out to the track. So we are far away from the saddling paddock. The the walk around, we are very far away from it. After they called riders up and they walked past the sycamore and they come around that's where we were. So, you know, if he was acting up all the way down there, we, we weren't able to see it. So, but walking past us, I completely agree, Howard. I mean, he didn't really look, I mean, like I said, he didn't look like Forte, but he didn't look bad at all, at least in our, my opinion. Well, Christine said he started losing the tunnel. Like okay. I, it was also very windy, Paul. And I don't, I talked about this with a few people Friday as we were there, like that might affect the two year old, like the wind can definitely sort of freak out the horses a little bit. Uh, so that was a little bit of a and, and K Rock is very high strung. Like I knew that for a fact too. Whatever. I mean, we're gonna move on. It didn't work out. Congratulations to Fort uh, for winning National Treasure third. My top choice, Blazing Sevens, ran okay. Frankie, I was a little bit disappointed. Ran fourth. Last race of the day on Friday. Then uh, we're gonna move on, guys. Obviously, we got a bunch to talk about. We're we're gonna skip around on Saturday, or maybe we'll just go longer because that's how we roll on this show. Uh, I hope no one has anywhere to go. Um, this one I was really happy about, but sort of sick to my stomach, too. Victoria Road, shout out to Davey Lane. I'm going to give myself a, a quick pat on the back also, my top choice. And I was really wrong on many other races. So, listen, we, you know, I was bad in the Breeders' Cup uh, betting challenge. Uh, I have to say it like it is. Victoria Road, I really liked. Tremendous ride. Tremendous cool. ride, saved all the ground. Yeah, he was bet down, by the way, to 5.57. Uh, to one. Let's see. Uh, Pete, we'll go with you here first. Uh, David Lane, by the way, got this horse, I believe, at 14 to one, Pete, overseas before the races. That's I nice. think on Saturday, which is crazy. Uh, your thoughts in this race? Silver Knot also ran huge. Actually got the lead, uh, Pete, at the top of the, you know, mid stretch and just couldn't sustain um, the vicious um, I don't know, heart. That Victoria Road had, and we showed some replays. Remember on the show where Victoria Road just loves to see another horse and just really game. Well, it's funny. So uh, actually, though, if you show the standard chart view, you could see who yeah. those top two jockeys were. Again, they look sort of familiar. Moore and Buick. I don't know where we've seen them before, but <laughs> the <laughs> it's funny when I so I did the write up for our power picks for this race, and I got cute and went with some long shots who I probably should have noted more as long shots, but I was sort of spready here. But then when I read my comments on the, the six horses I talked about, I was like, if you read these comments, you bet Victoria road over silver, Knot a hundred times. And the biggest note I had on Victoria road. And you just mentioned it was like, this horse fights. This horse yeah. is, can be tactical. This horse has a great kick, but also when it gets into a tight fight, it wins. And it actually had some of the losses were, you know, they were relatively explainable, I think, or just some of the races were a little bit explainable. So I, I thought this one was, you know, it easily could have been the top choice and was just on par with silver knot. So getting, getting, um, getting him at five and a half or almost six to one is fantastic. 
How about Mo Stash, a horse we talked a little about on the show, Pete? I, I, I would have liked this horse in the – I thought this horse was a serious factor in the judo term sprint if he went there based on his last race. Finch is a, a big fourth. Battle Normandy we mentioned on the show is a – I know Jason Blue liked this horse. Fifth. I well, like I mean, that horse. Just had a tough one. Yeah, a tough trip there. Didn't, didn't get – it wasn't close enough. Sorry, but go ahead. No, no. Paul, any quick thoughts on this race when we move on? No, I actually bet Victoria Road, Howard. So in a in a rare moment of clarity, uh, I did. Uh, you know, I I had the exacta, but I also had pretty good exactas with the third and fourth horses who were forty to one and fifty one to one, whom I would have much preferred over the <laughs> eight to five silver knot. Quite frankly. <laughs> yeah, I guys, but I think race. I would say you mentioned it more, Bu. Uh, uh, Buick in the race just said, okay, I'm going to sit on the rail. And if it opens, it opens. It doesn't, it doesn't. But he was committed to that. Moore really had to wind his If you watch it, he had a, in the middle of the stretch, had to make a decision. And there was a, a needle, a needle for him to thread. And he was able to do it. And, and then even with uh, Buick saving a little ground by staying on the rail, Moore had enough to come get him at the end. I, I thought it was a phenomenal race. I really do. I mean, the buyer only came back 86, but it felt stronger to me. I don't, I don't know what you guys felt. Maybe because it was the closest of the finish. Let's face it, guys. The American turf horses, two-year-olds, not very good. I mean, I don't know how to way to say it any other way. I mean, if they were that good, we spent all this time, like you said, Pete, analyzing back and forth. You know, let's watch the replays of, you know, uh, of the of the prep at Keeneland, of the prep at Belmont. When the Euros show up, it didn't matter. And I want to say one other thing. We'll go on to Saturday. Uh, Peter Thomas Forenthal and myself and a guy named Chad Brown, the three of us were talking, which sounds crazy to even say, but the three of us were talking on Saturday towards the end of the races. And I thought PTF made an astute comment to Ch uh, Chad Brown, which is Aiden O'Brien came in earlier this year than he normally did. He came in four days before. They were on the grounds, I think, Monday. And on the track on Wednesday, a good a good 72, you know, to, to 96 hours before actually the race. I think that helped them a little bit. I would not be surprised if that happens, especially a place like San Nita, guys, next year, where it can be a lot warmer. So hats off to the Euro. They're, 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 I, I wouldn't, it's not fair to say they figured it out, but boy, they were absolutely fantastic. Uh Quick, uh, someone want to say something? We're on no, there. I was just going to say, as Drew, uh, uh, obviously, I think Drew's doing stuff right now, but as Drew looked to us, like the first, after the first uh, Euro won the race, he goes, the, the Euros came, the Euros, I'm calling it right now, the Euros came to play this year. You know, usually, no. you know, they bring their B string, C string, whatever they do. He was like, nah, they're, they're coming to play this year. And obviously, they won every race but one. So uh, they were serious and they were beautiful in the paddock and just so well prepared guys. Let's go on to Saturday again. We'll, we're going to go obviously beyond some, if uh, Peter, Paul or anyone, you know, all, I mean, people here on the show have to check out, we'll try to end in half an hour. We'll rock and roll through it. Um, let's go to Saturday guys. First race on Saturday. Uh, this was a big play for me. I liked obligatory quite a bit. I talked about her a lot. This there's two things I didn't know. Let me just go back real quick. Two things I didn't know was going to happen as we were going through our podcast. One, I didn't know the track would be somewhat speed favorite. At least I felt that way. And number two, I think the scratch of hot peppers might have hurt obligatory more than I had thought. I Again, Paul, I sort of feel the same way you do. You spend all this time handicapping. You do have to zig and zag, but I just 
Still felt like there was enough speed in the race. Obligatory was okay. Overall, she was disappointing. The Goodnight Owl was fantastic. The only winner for Chad Brown of the weekend. Kyle, quick thoughts on Goodnight Olive. And then Echo Zulu also, you can comment, Kyle. A horse that I know Paul was very high on. I was a bit against. I think Pete was sort of indifferent. Pete, if I'm wrong, I apologize. Um, but, but she ran well to finish second. Yeah, I think she ran really big, especially from a 13 post out there. I yeah. mean, granted, you know, seven furlongs being a pretty far way to run on, you know, to the first turn, obviously. But as I said earlier, um, as noted when we were sitting there Friday, I mean, with obligatory, it just I picked her on top as well, just too far back for the way the track was playing all weekend. I mean, she was how many? I mean, she was at least I mean, she was last probably what, 15, 10, 15 lengths back at the at the, um, you know, the half mile pole. Yeah. So it just, you're just not going to, especially on this track this weekend, you just weren't no. going to win from there. I think she put in a good run for fifth, but yeah, I mean, CC even ran well, wicked halo who ran two weeks ago, um, as like yeah. gunite that we took earlier, she, uh, she yeah. ran really well, but I mean, good night olive with, I perfect ride, perfect trip. And just, you know, exploded at the top. Uh, drew you're back on real quick. Uh, again, I don't want to, I want to save your BCBC, overall convo but uh this is another race that i believe you sat out or you played a minimum i can't remember drew sorry no i i sat out and yeah if i sat jump off camera I'm, I'm still here i'm still floating around i'm just yeah uh, no, i know i know yeah uh, you sat um, this one out what what I why did. did you sit this one out and then we'll move on uh it's kind of, it was kind of uh nancy had me actually give a letter grade because she was doing her own gambling as well on the side to this race i think i gave it like a, <laughs> a d as in a dog like not that these are dogs by any means, but like they're all great horses. It was just, you know, Goodnight Olive had a lot of knocks of, yeah, who, who did this horse really pass when stalking the speeds last out? So, yeah, this was an easy pass one for me. And, uh, okay. yeah. All right. Well, there, there you go. That's simple. Uh, anyone, uh, anyone have a thought before? I was just going to go ahead and move on. Uh, well, well, Paul, we should let you talk about Echo Zulu. Ran well, got the sort of trip I thought, which is sort of a wide trip. No real excuses. Uh, ran just fine for second. Maybe better than fine. Yeah, she ran well. Second best. You know, I, I didn't think she was going to be seven to two. I was a little, you know, I was thinking more of the five to six to one. But I, you know, I stuck with the plan. I bet her flat. And, you know, I had seen Goodnight Olive uh, run. And, you know, she did look to be informed. But there was the question of who she beat. But, you know, in fairness, Howard, if you look at it after the fact, and, and I thought before the fact, the horses obligatory was running by in those other races. None of them. She wasn't running by horses like Goodnight Olive and Echo Zulu. And I hear what you say about the track profile, but I just thought she was really going to be, she would have really needed the race to fall apart. In fairness, I thought there was a chance it could, but it, it just didn't materialize. And Chad's horse was just too good. You know, uh, I thought Echo Zulu, who I played, I got no complaints. I thought she ran very well, even from the wide post. He had her in position. She was just the second best horse. Uh, any uh, thoughts from anyone else on this race? No, I'll just say this on. was the first ticket I cast of the weekend, so I was just happy to get. <laughs> I had the triple. I had the triple, so it was the first one to get. It was just nice to get one in the books. But you look at it and go, good night, Olive. I think maybe we just slept on a little bit because she just basically beats the crap out of every field she faces. So, I mean, you know, what's the – there's not really a knock against her in the end. She just she, – she beats whoever's in the race with her, and she does it every single time, and they're not usually that close. Yeah, good night, Olive. By the way, is another one, Pete, that looked really good in the paddock. Yes. She was. Yeah. She was I was a bit. 
I, I was indecisive with her, you know, throughout the week because I just she got such a dream trip last time, but she was in such good form too, and so uh, yeah, and she was bet like it too. She was bet like a horse I was going to. That was and that was one that I actually played after it looked good in the paddock. I placed a backup bet. And I hit the exact like like Pete did, so it was actually yeah. it, it worked out well. So again, all these plays, all the BCBC plays, by the way, will be public knowledge. I think about a week. I don't know how long. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out, by the way, to Jim Goodman. Unbelievable job, Tim Schramm, the people that run the BCBC. All the all the picks will come out, of course, including mine. Um, I played a pretty big double with obligatory uh, to um, uh, why am I drawing a blank to Golden Pal, uh, which I felt good about. It wasn't an all-in play, but I mean it was pretty big. Um, and I uh, on on my one entry left at that point. Of course, neither one of them worked out. That's freaking horse racing. That's the way it goes. Guys, I don't even know what to say here of this race. I mean, look at the prices up top. Uh, Paul, you just chime in real quick. Golden Pal, I don't – obviously, we didn't see his best. He didn't uh, break at all. Was just awful all the way. Never looked like a winner at any point. Carroll shot to the lead. Amorati Anna was actually a horse that I bet in last year's Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf. Ran real well. Creative force. High. Euros finished 2-3-4, 6-7. Um, it's just incredible to me, uh, Paul. Yeah, and as much as I've been talking about trying to beat Golden Pal, you know, for, for weeks, you know, I looked at the race and I said, okay, well, you know, someone has to beat him. You know, and, and I know, Jay, a lot of, there's been a lot of talk about this. There's a, you know, did the assistant starter hold on to her an extra second? You know, you, you guys can watch the replay, the head on and judge for yourself. The horse just completely missed his break. It, it, okay. it didn't, he wasn't being held back. You know, I know the Oliver Stones out there want to make something <laughs> of it. You know, the horse went off at six to five and missed his break. And when he doesn't break, he can't win. You know, and, and again, I used him. I used him as a straight A. You know, my, my primary backup in the race, uh, my primary alternate, by the otherwise, was Highfield Princess, uh, who ran fourth. And, you know, the story here was you had to have a Euro, but it had to be trained by Appleby or O'Brien and ridden by Moore or Buick. So that didn't qualify in that case. Um, I'm going to be, I'm going to sound like a complete knucklehead here, but I had no idea of this, this starter issue. This is the, literally the first time I'm hearing about it. Yeah. It's Again, been going been around so social guys. media. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Yeah, I don't, they, you, know. you know, it, it's, you look at the head on and it looked like the assistant starter might've been a, you know, a, a half a beat slow and letting go of the reins. But, you know, uh, for those who haven't been up close with thoroughbreds, let me tell you something. When that gate opens, if the horse wants to go, uh, a 185-pound man holding the rein is not going to prevent him from going. <laughs> I can assure you of that. It's a physics issue. Now, again, it's not ideal, but, you know, uh, people can watch it. The horse was a favorite who got beat. I think it's that simple. Uh, Pete, I don't know where you, I thought Highfield princess, by the way, got a pretty good trip. She was, she broke fine. She was a little in between. She got slightly shuffled back. Pete at the top of the stretch. I really thought she had no excuses to win the race. Highfield princess to me. No, I thought she got a a good enough trip for sure. This is actually funny, funny story. So I was in a training class for my dog during this race and we were, (laughs) we were, hold on. We got to go. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. We got to be on full screen. So we were, we were walking out to the parking lot and I take my phone out to watch the race and I, I get the race probably halfway through had started and I'm like, where the fuck is 
golden pal. Why is he so far back? So I had no idea that he missed the break. I didn't know what was happening. I'm like, well, that's no good. And then, but I had, I had played against him. He, I didn't play him as an A in my pick five. I had creative force who, at least once I saw golden pal, creative force was rolling, but was just a little too far back and couldn't get there. So that's who I was rooting for. But yeah, I thought Highfield princess got a, a trip. I don't just don't think she was good enough on that day. And, um, Caravel did what she had to do and Emirati Anna. Actually, I heard a bunch of a few different, maybe Nick Luck talked about Emirati Anna on his in the money show that he does where he goes over. And I don't, I don't recall if, if Davey did it all as well, but I thought I heard in a couple places, it might've been some other place about Emirati Anna running big and, and, uh, she definitely did. By the or way, I, I'm just thinking about this as you're talking about previous podcasts. I didn't listen to a lot of other podcasts just because I didn't want to get that stinking thinking and paralysis mm-hmm. by analysis. Nick Tamro, that was the first time I'd seen him in person in several years, and I spent the most time I'd ever spent with Nick Tamro. What a, a sweetheart of a guy. I already knew that, of course, but just shout out to Nick Tamro personally on, on what a great guy he was. And Absolutely. We, spent, we, we talked about a lot of things. Uh, breaking news, Drew Coney has not permanently left the show. He is getting gas right, right <laughs> now. So uh, Drew will be back uh, to let everyone know. And he's um, paying cash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In thousands, yeah, Paul? Do they take the, thousands at, at Exxon or wherever he's probably he can aff- he's, he's in the rare, <laughs> rare person who can afford the gas. Maybe yeah, again, right. when, when is the Powerball, guys? The next one? I know. Tonight. Uh, Tonight. Maybe. Oh, is it too late to get a ticket? for? Maybe he's no. getting a ticket, guys. I don't know. Okay. Tell Drew to grab us about 50. Yeah. Yeah, Drew. Howard, Howard, I, do, Howard I would make one quick point. Uh, we talk yeah. a lot on the show about ABC versus Caveman. Yeah, yeah. And and this is actually the example, one, a good example. I in no way would think Caravel had an equal shot to win this race as Golden Pal or Highfield Princess. But I did have gold, I did have Caravel as a C because I did not think he was without a chance. And that's what had us alive to Jackie's Warrior. You know, you, you go through oh, it. Now right. you get all A's. You get A, mm. A, A. So you start it with, you get a, wow. a, a second leg $87 winner. Ah. And now you're like, geez, you know what? And I think we were only like two or three A's the next two legs. Is that if we could maneuver this minefield now, okay, we're singled at the end, but we're singled to what I thought was the most likely winner ah. of the two days, including so White brutal. Line. So, so hey. the bad news is we didn't hit it. But the good news is it's why you got to play ABC because you'd never be alive in a caveman with Caravel. Well, Paul, the guy I was with on at Laurel, he he just hit he did a small ticket, hit the all button in this race, and was live to Jackie's Warrior also. So he hit the all button, and when you hit the all button, that's all you hope for is for right. you know. Normally, when I hit the all button, the even money shot somehow wins, but <laughs> you get you get that forty to one shot, and then Jackie's sort of took that away. <laughs> Uh, under okay. I hope you are okay, uh, Under. Uh, sorry about Ooh. that, buddy. That that that's a that's a tough one. Um, I know Drew. Uh, Drew, can you hear us? Are you are you there, Drew? Yeah, I'm back. Okay. <laughs> He's in the dark. This is the craziest. Man, this is dedication, Drew. Uh, we Drew, we gotta get if, if you have if you're done getting. By the way, can you buy us some uh, Powerball tickets, Drew? The way you roll it right I, now. I heard that. I heard that. I was already <laughs> in the car, uh, unfortunately. I'll take 20 you. bucks worth. Paul, Pete, how <laughs> okay. much? You yeah. No, 20 around. 20 around. <laughs> we, we've got, a, we've got a, a, a knee-jerk syndicate right now. We've got 100 bucks together here, Drew, for a power. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> um, 
Drew, the next race is a horse that I don't know if you, you don't have to come on camera, Drew. We can hear you. All right, are you okay to talk for a minute, Drew, right now? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm good to talk. Um, just camera now is off for the little guys so we can sleep. But, yep, yeah, we're no, good. No problem. That's fine. We, we can hear you. Uh, next race, Drew, is the beginning of your journey. And, again, we, we'll, we'll talk about your – you can just really just real quick. Uh, the uh, mile. Um, the dirt mile. Here's the result. Cody's wish. And, and Paul, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to let you and um, – uh, you and Drew talk, Paul. Uh, no disrespect, guys, because they have the biggest sort of insight into this race. Paul, because of his <laughs> journalistic expertise in the story on Cody Dorman. And then Drew, because Drew, this started the uh, incredible BCBC run. You were down to, you know, I don't what, 35, whatever you were down to. Uh, I think you're, you still had your minimums, I believe. You, you were down to 5,700 or whatever. And this began the incredible run with Cody's wish, uh, just edging out Cyberknife in the dirt mile. Yeah, no, and I, actually, I'd lost 2,500 on Highfield Princess. I love oh, Highfield right. Princess. I thought yeah. these Euros came here to show up, like Kyle said, and it gave me all the more confidence. And I actually wrote in our uh, In the Money Plus subscription service how much I disliked Golden Pal. So I did take a shot here and, and was left with the total um, well below <clears throat> the 5,700. And um, I... I took a minimum of Cody's wish. Uh, and I think, I think there were two $250 doubles Cody's wish into Tuesday and in, in Italian, and yeah. then a $50 uh, simplification into those two as well. And, um, and from there on, uh, after that race, I was all in every race after that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. Um, Paul Cody's, the story, you can go on the internet, you can go a lot of places. And you know what, I feel d disrespect to not put you us on full screen here. There's been, there's incredible video. You had the chance. Drew, I don't know if you know this, but Paul, as a journalist for the Saratoga Special, did a story or had a chance to talk to the Dormans. I actually talked um, to Cody himself through, you know, Cody's wonderful technology that he has uh, as being someone who's nonverbal. Uh, Paul, I don't know if you could have bet on the race or whatever, um, what an unbelievable story and what a way to cap off the year for Cody's wish. Yeah, it, it really was. And, and I, you know, in the race, I liked Cyberknife and, you know, I, I, I'm happy to hear Drew mention simplification. You know, one of my strongest opinions of the weekend was one of my worst opinions uh, where I thought simplification was really going to be a part of that. I used, I, I was all in on Cyberknife on top with simplification to make, second or third and you know i obviously use cody as a backup uh i got a little too tied up in that he was five for five at a mile but they were all one turns uh this was obviously two turns uh so i mean i i again another similar to echo zulu a horse that i really liked you know i didn't expect cyberknife to get past to be honest with you, even with cody Cody's wish coming in. The horses were running a mile and a quarter, mile and an eighth. So that was a little disappointing to me. I thought Giroux got just a fine trip from out there. And uh, but having said that, you know the NBC did a phenomenal six-minute segment on Cody that I saw after I got home. Um, you know, I just had a chance to. I happened to have to cover the Forgo Stakes at the special, and we weren't publishing until Wednesday, so I was able to track down his father and. You know, his father was good enough to ask him some questions, similar to what 
similar to what TVG and NBC did this week, Howard, the Saratoga special did uh, in August. That's what I'm trying to say, I think. But anyway, it's just a wonderful story. And sometimes dreams do come true and couldn't be any happier that that horse won for him. I don't know about you, but we got back to the table and started the, we didn't understand that story. My, my wife and I, and, when we started to hear the story, I mean, it was one of those, why are we holding back tears? And yeah. I think that really set the tone for the rest of the day and the emotions that played out of like, this is it. Just have fun and let it go. And I mean, that was one of probably six times that, that I had to wipe tears away from the eyes throughout the incredible performances of that day. Yeah. When they showed the winner's circle and they yeah. had the, the, uh, the, the flowers that they take off the horse and put on Cody's lap. That, that was just about enough for me. So mm-hmm. I can assure you there was one person at Aqueduct fighting back tears, Drew, and I'm sure it was only one too, but uh, <laughs> that that's okay. I'm not, I'm, I'm proud to say that. Yeah. Uh, th- that This race, uh, two things. First of all, I was all in guys on Cyberknife. my entire BCBC. I'd already lost one entry from the, from the golden pal, uh, excuse me, from the um, Cave Rock loss. I, w- I just had to make this decision. I could have bet a minimum, guys. But, you know, I had like 2,500 left. I don't know if Drew actually knows this. But I had about 2,500 left, which, as Drew can attest, is plenty to get back in the game. I love Cyberknife. We talked about it, especially when Laurel, when Laurel River came out, which, of course, we didn't know when we did these previews. I just thought he was going to get a great trip. I wasn't sure the pace would now set up for Cody's wish. I had a win bet on Cyberknife. I did big doubles with Cyberknife. I had big tries with Cyberknife. I didn't put Cody's Wish in second in my try, guys, because it wasn't going to pay enough to where I wanted to get to. But I did have slid on Andy in third. It was just one of those days for me. You know what do you do? I thought Cyberknife ran great. Pete, last question before we move on. I thought maybe Drew got a little cute on the final turn. I thought it could have gone on and opened up a little bit. I thought maybe he waited a little bit too long because Cyberknife is a fighter, too, that we've seen. And once Cody's Wish got right up to his flank and deep stretch, Cyberknife did fight back a little bit, but it was too late. I'm not blaming the rider, but I thought maybe he could have been more aggressive on the final turn and try to get some lengths in front of Cody's Wish. Uh, What do you thought about the race? Do you think there's any validity to that point? I mean, I think that's something that happens in a lot of races. Unfortunately, I think sometimes they they try to save energy instead of just, you know, let's kick away and make them really have a target to come after. I think we see that a lot. I didn't I didn't necessarily I didn't pay attention enough to know if that's what happened here. I was I made a mistake in this race. So this race really pissed me off, actually, because I really liked Cody's wish and then switched. I loved Tuesday was my best bet of the weekend. Yeah. And I. I instead of playing the double with Cody's wish, I played the double with Gunite and I switched, even though I didn't. I, I don't know why. I don't know if it was a little bit of price. Whenever I put the bet in, maybe the price differential, I, I don't know what the reason, but so I was more pissed about that and then was just sort of rooting Cody's wish home um, for all the obvious reasons at that point. But sure. yeah, from a racing standpoint, I do think, yeah, I think that's a good point though, Howard, because I think more horses should do that. Well, not the horses, more the jockey kick away and let them come. If you let them get too close, like in, we're going to talk in the next one in Italian did it. They just got run down, but in Italian, yeah. they did the right thing, kicked away and then um, just got caught. But at least you give yourself the shot, make it a little harder for that horse. Who's chasing. Uh, 
Kyle, I know you've been patiently waiting. Do, do you have a bet in this race? I, by the way, Kyle had a great betting day himself on Friday. But we're giving Kyle short shrift. He was not in the BCBC, but Kyle, congrats on your awesome day on Friday. No, Saturday didn't go real well uh, for you. Did, you. did you have a bet in this dirt mile, Kyle? Uh, no, I, well, I did, but I like CyberKnife as well, as you all know, and the power picks and stuff like yeah. that. I had, um, I had CyberKnife over, I think I'd, I don't know if I had him over Cody's Wish or whatever I had, but that's what I've, I, most of my plays around CyberKnife as well. And sometimes, right. you know, you, I'm surprised I won as many photos as I did on <laughs> these two days, but that was not one that I won. Yeah, that was a tough one. The next race, I'm going to let Drew and Pete mainly talk. And the next race was Tuesday. Uh, and Drew, feel feel free to give a little shout out to an excellent punter from the UK um, who's on In the Money, and of course I'm a huge supporter of In the Money Media. Um, we have a, an excellent punter ourselves, Davy Lane from the UK, who also liked Tuesday. Um, and he was excellent on our shows. Uh, you should really get. By the way, I'll give, I'll talk to you later, Drew. But if you want to even increase your coverage more for In the Money. Highly recommend Davey Lane, who's been on our show. But, Drew, you had a real strong opinion of Tuesday in the Philly and uh, Mare turf, and that really helped your uh, BCBC run also. Yeah, yeah. And I, I really did like Nashua starting in and heard, uh, I believe it was O'Brien. Who, sorry, everything is blurring together. I believe Tuesday is in O'Brien's hands. Yes. Um, if not Appleby, and said, look, we're tightening the screws. Uh, this is the step we wanted to take. And considering Tuesday had already beaten up on Nashua, it was an easy decision from there and had to go all in and leverage that opinion into a horse I didn't love. But I knew as the week wow. went on, speed favoring Jackie's warrior. Um, and so that's – we made – that was the pick. I mean, it was Tuesday all in, $2,600, I think, was the, the actual bet amount um, that was going to pay around $30,000 um, with Jackie's Warrior. And I was live to Tuesday for five. That, um, that's so, the whole key. Can you repeat that, Drew? Because I think some people might be confused when they hear the ITM show. Uh, just repeat what you said at the end there. That's important to note. Yeah, so I was live for 5000 to Tuesday from Cody's Wish. Um, okay. So that was going to give me ammo, but I needed to make a bigger move considering the opinions in the rest of the day and that the target of getting to a hundred thousand into flight line. So the, the bold choice was $2,600 on Tuesday. And I think that was the most prof profound uh, decision made on the entire day that made it, it was just $2,600, not a hundred thousand. It was, was $2,600 <laughs> on Tuesday. But at One the horse. moment, that feels big, obviously. Um, it does. 2600 is nothing to sneeze at. Brady Klotz, I had the chance to, by the way, Paul and Pete, to see Brady there at the Breeders' Cup. We talked for a while. Shout out to Brady Klotz. Pete, I'll tip my cap, sir. This was a horse you were very strong about on the show. Uh, what a fantastic ride. Did you think that – were you confident that she was going to get there in the stretch, uh, Pete? No, only because it's in Italian is so good. And in Italian, who I love also, you know that from the show. Of course. This, and I this, hate um, because and I you hate because like you, right? you hate Italians. And so course. we've gotten to that many times. But the, <laughs> the <laughs> this one, I mean, this one, I, you can't have a race. This one was the one where you're like, man, it's nice when you handicap a race and everything works the way it's supposed to have the win, the exacta, the triple. I was alive in a in multiple pick fives to Jackie's and then my backup horses. So I was pretty excited, but 
I wasn't sure, but in Italian would have helped. But I, because I knew they were going to get the exacta at the least. But Tuesday is just tough, man. I mean, funny thing from handicapping. Again, we always struggle with handicapping the foreign horses sometimes. And what do you look for? And what don't you look for? And one thing I looked at, and I don't know if it means anything, but this horse is only three bad races. We're going right-handed. And when it went left-handed, it ran really well and against really good company. It was like, and I watched the replays of the winning races as opposed to the other ones. And they just look great. So I was like, this horse is going to be a little bit of a price actually got bet a little bit more than I was hoping, but I assume that's because of the dominance of the, the yeah. euros up until that point over the two days. But, you know, it was a good race for me. I enjoyed it. And in Italian ran phenomenal. I mean, what else can you ask for a horse going that long for the first time? She, put the right fractions in. She got pressed a little bit. She kicked away and, and just got run down, but ran fantastic. And just a shout out Chad from our Saturday preview show. He had um, lady Spitesphere who went off at 30 to one. He had that in his top three and said that was one to play. So shout out to him. And I think that might've been one of the reasons, because I thought that horse looked intriguing, but I look back because of some of the things he mentioned. So I think that was one of the reasons why I included that one in the third spot. Cause I didn't go all or anything in the triple, but I, I included that one, I think. So thanks, Chad. Another new uh, person I've seen in the chat. I'm signed on ETS to DN. Uh, it said it talks about a positive move included forts in the pick five. Um, only at Jackie's worried. Listen, uh, join ET, the club. ET, say we all join do. the club, man or, or woman. I'm sorry. I don't know who you are. Join the club person. Um, a lot of people at Jackie's warrior. Don't I, I, listen. If, if people want to knock me or anyone for making a big move on Jackie's Warrior in a pick six that we played, go ahead. I mean, if Jackie's Warrior wins, we, I mean, whatever. I mean, it's just, you got to make these calls. Paul, I do have one last question about this race. I think this is important. Drew, you can comment if you want. Everyone knows I was against an Italian pretty strongly to win in this race. She ran well. I, I'm not going to doubt it. But, Paul, is it okay if I feel a little bit vindicated that she didn't win? I mean, when you play a pick five or an ABC, and you don't have this horse as a, you know, an A. I mean, she ran well, but she didn't win. That's all I personally care about in a horizontal. How, how do you mix your emotions or assessment to yourself? Yeah. Not not to the outside, but to yourself. When a horse you don't like runs well, but still loses, I, I felt okay with my comments about it. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. But this is something I, I will tell you I picked up on during the race. It's usually after the race that I figure these things out. If you go watch the race... In Italian was pressed pretty good by Toy. Okay. Toy is trained by Aiden O'Brien. Yeah. Okay. And I said that to Doc, Doc Jeff Mora, who's a loyal. We were sitting right across the table with each other at Accurate. I said, Doc, this is not a mistake that O'Brien's horse is making sure an Italian doesn't waltz yeah. along on the lead here as she was able to do in the previous New York races, right? There's the and fractions, with, Paul, if you want to comment on the fractions in the middle of the screen. Yeah, I mean, 46 it. and 1, 110 and 1. And, you know, you just look at Toy. Look at Toy's running line. Second, second, fourth, ninth. So Toy wasn't going to win the race, and I'm sure Mr. Yeah. O'Brien knew that. And, again, this is everything's fair and love and war, but it is no surprise that the horse hounding in Italian was another O'Brien horse. And I guarantee you, Wayne Lorden, who was a pretty good jockey, who was on toy, got every dollar that Aiden Bryant gave him because that's exactly what they wanted there. Uh, okay. Drew, were you confident Tuesday was going by the stretch? 
Sorry, what did you say about Tuesday? Were you confident Tuesday was going by in the stretch? And then we'll move on. I think that question's better to ask Kyle. I, like, if he came out of body, <laughs> Kyle, were you confident? <laughs> I was not confident until they passed the 16th poll, and I saw the, I saw her ranging up. And I, I, we, were, I mean, me and Drew, Drew can attest, Drew's not a very loud guy. I was doing the yelling for both of us that entire day. <laughs> I was, um, yeah, I mean, just the will home. I mean, like, like you guys said, Toy did a the job that Aiden want, Aiden O'Brien probably wanted him, her to do, her to do, and um, saved it. you saved it. I did save it. We're good. <laughs> um, but I knew from the 16th poll, right when that started ranging up, I knew we had a very good chance to win that race. And I say we, but obviously yeah. Drew had. That. By the way, we're going a little obviously long than we planned. If anyone needs to take a quick potty break, feel free to just go and do that we'll, because we, we're, we're you know, coming up an hour and a half here. A lot of people watching the show. We thank everyone for watching the show. We thank your support. Guys, I didn't really say at the beginning. We had a close to, right, for this, Drew? We're pretty proud of this little HHH Racing Podcast, Drew. We had close to 20,000 views between our five or six shows. And I also went on to our listening platforms, guys. We had like three, four hundred views on those. Usually, we only get like or listen. Sorry, usually we get like a hundred, hundred and fifty. The people showed up for this HHH Racing podcast, and people in the business, Pete and Paul. I want to let you know, Kyle already knows this. He was with me. People in the business, podcast, you know, people on air. Howard, I love what you do. I'm hearing great things about the H. Like guys, we are getting to be known out there, and it's all because of everyone on the screen. So again, I want to thank you guys for the support. And we, you know, I'm very proud of the growth that we've showed, uh, you know, for quite a while here, but especially uh, recently. Guys, this next race, now this was huge for Drew. This next race bums me out. Uh, yes, and, and Davey mentioned that also, McCoy Scanner. That's a good call. This race pisses me off, and I feel a little guilty about this, and I got to get this off my chest. We played uh, uh, Syndicate Pick 6, which we were 5 out of 6 both days. We had 5 out of 6, by the way, 15 times on Saturday. I backed up the sprint. I didn't back up the lead power. Uh, Pete, you liked him, I think, probably fair enough more than anyone on the show, I would say, to be fair. But also, to be fair, none of us liked the source to win this race. So um, I, I thought that uh, that he was coming off of, you know, two back. He won with a very fast pace, came over the top. The Vosberg was absolutely atrocious, Paul. We all agree with that. I just didn't think he classed up. Pete, I, the story to me more is Jackie's worried didn't show up. But you got to give credit to Elite Power who's an improving four-year-old. Yeah, I mean, that was the reason why I sort of liked it. Was just There was one of the few in the race that we didn't know what he was yet. He still was maybe on the uptick, and he would have to take a step forward, which he wound up doing. I don't remember. You don't have it up. I'm looking at the buyer. So he actually, it's funny because his buyer was, you know, he didn't really move forward. He just sort of, yeah, he just sort of did what he did, and Jackie's came back. Jackie was just horrible. um, yeah. And I mean, I liked Elite Power and American Theorem as the alternates to Jackie's Warrior, yeah. and that allowed me to hit the pick five. But the but I didn't have the I didn't bet him to win or anything. So, it, yeah, like you said, I think we were all in on Jackie's Warrior. But when Jackie's Warrior didn't get the lead and we, we talked about it a little bit on the show too, do you sit off cheap speed and try and rate? Or do you just say, screw it. I'm the fastest horse. I do my best running when I'm on the top. Which one do I do? Sort of chose the the former, and maybe that's what hurt. But, I mean, uh, you know, Jackie's Warrior just gets beat sometimes. He, I mean, that's the story of his Breeders' Cup. That's the story of some of his races, and this was the day. 
Yeah, I mean, I, well, the fractions weren't, I don't think they were blazed. No, they really weren't that fast. Uh, where, oops, sorry, I got to go back to the 22 chart. flat, 44 and 4. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I mean, when I when I saw the buyers, guys, and, and Drew, I know this was a huge race for you uh, with, with Elite Power, who actually was, a, was the, your second choice. But, Drew, when I saw the chart, I don't know if you can see the, I don't know if you can see the screen very well, Drew, but, um, Elite Power did what he's been doing. Jackie regressed 12, 13 points, Drew. I mean, Drew, if you had told me, you know, today that Elite Power ran a 100 and was one of the better buyers in the race, I would have felt even more confident that Jackie's Warrior was going to win. Right. Yeah, yeah. And and, and I I waffled back and forth on what to do. Um, and, and so it was it – was, uh, Tuesday into Jackie's Warrior all in push. Don't forget, I was live to Tuesday already, so five thousand dollars in the in the bankroll, and decided that again we'll talk in more depth on this. But the target was to walk out of the Modern Games race with forty thousand dollars, and and we uh, I took a look at how much it was going to cost to get to that with Elite Power into Modern Games. And it costs next to nothing. I think it was a $2,300 bet in the grand scheme of things. Um, so that was an easy decision to make. And then was able to actually take some other money and spread it on Jackie. Because to your point, right, the track was playing a little speed favoring. Obligatory couldn't get up, which was a huge question mark. So why try and risk more than you need? I think that's a huge, huge lesson. Why risk more than you need to get the target you want to hit? at the specific point in the contest. And so was able to take, I think it was like 1500 or $2,000 and throw him Jackie's warrior into dream loper and regal glory two two horses. I was scared of the turf mile of that would also yield $40,000. So if Jackie's warrior wins, I have three outs. If elite power one, I had one out that I felt really confident in and was the whole goal of the day. 40,000 modern games. Wow. Well, the next, we all know what happened, guys, because the next race, um, small regret for me because I went deeper on one of my pick six tickets here. Um, but I just thought if there were chaos would happen, it could be here. Uh, no chaos. Modern Games, we actually didn't even break great, I thought, just came over the top. And I will say, uh, guys, I don't hear Matt Miller. I- I've watched a bunch of races with Matt Miller. Um, he's usually pretty quiet. And Drew, you probably you don't know this, Drew, because – we were separated. That's we can talk about that later. I was not with Drew next to him for any of these races at all. Kyle was actually next to him. I was with Nancy. Drew, I had I was I was holding on Nancy. Uh, I I had I was supporting her there, Drew. Um, uh, what once Modern Games tipped out, Drew at the top of the stretch, I was like, "Come on, let's go!" I was like, "Fly Modern Games!" And I can't remember what Matt said, but he like yelled out something. I won't ask Matt later time, Drew. Drew, don't have to ask Matt. But I was, like, shocked. I'm like, who the hell is that? Because Matt's usually pretty quiet. And he, like, was – man, Drew, he was hard pulling for you in this race. I got to tell you, we both were. Modern Games, fantastic. Clearly loves American racing. I don't – I think he'd be best never going back to Europe, Drew, personally. But that had to be a special feeling when Modern Games won, Drew. Yeah, yeah. Th- things started to hit autopilot at that point. <laughs> it was – it was all right. We're gonna we're gonna go back and see Nancy. Yeah. Give you guys high fives. Yeah. I'm gonna go up kind of by myself and grab another Heineken, 
uh, from our bartender, Adrian. And Wait, I'm another Drew? Was, was there a count, Drew? Was there a count? Uh, I was actually not finishing Heineken's because <laughs> they, they, I knew it was going to add up too many at the end of the day. So I, I think it was about seven or eight, but I probably only finished three. Okay. So we'll call it, we'll call it the better part of five beers. Was it Adrian? Was that in the blue guest room? Was that his name, guys? Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Adrian, by the way. He was awesome, Absolutely. Kyle. Kyle got the most free drinks Petey's ever gotten in his entire life, by the way. Love it. Uh, Love it. This past weekend. Um, I don't know who else. Paul. Well, uh, Paul, you, you okay back there? I didn't want to. Oh, yeah, uh, I'm good. Modern yep. Games. Modern Games. Kinrust finished a good third. I no real surprise in this race. Modern Games was fantastic. Three-year-old of the yeah. year, Paul. I've heard a little, few echoes. Well, I'll tell you, this is a serious horse. And, and I actually heard during the week a little, uh, you know, anti, uh, you, you know, people looking for ways I, I to beat him. a little bit. And I, I said, you know, my mistake, you know, again, you know, did not have Cheryl Spite, which was a mistake. You know, I, I had good exactness of the horses who were in third, fourth, and fifth. And in case you guys don't know, they don't pay on that. You have to run second. Uh <laughs> Wait, hold on. <laughs> what was that again? God. Take notes. Yeah. Take if notes. You, if, hey, if you hey, run hey, first Paul, 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 I bet uh, from my wife from the show last week, I bet Regal Glory Annapolis exacted. They ran 10th, 11th. They ran next to each other. That doesn't count. They were next to each other. Uh, it, you could give her the two bucks back. Pete. I told her she <laughs> owes me six. I bet a $3 box for her. I said yeah, she owes good me luck. six for that garbage. So, yeah, yeah. That was just a mistake. But, yeah, I, I, I thought I, I thought modern games in this race was, you know, Really so. I, I will say this. I will say this, Howard. I liked Regal Glory a lot in this race as well. You know, not as much as modern games, but I did. I did use a lot of Regal Glory as well, and that was a bad uh, decision. Like I said, I, I've been very transparent as I always am in this show. Uh, I I was correct a lot much of the weekend about horses I didn't like. I was just wrong at times on horses I did like. I talked about this forever. I didn't understand, uh, you know, the love for sure uh, in this race on a few horses. And I was Annapolis. I thought was overrated. I, I didn't, and he got a great trip last time. Didn't like him at all. Um, and we already went by the Philly mayor race. I, I was totally against Moira. Moira was way up the track. I just didn't understand it. Um, but you know, you gotta be right on the top end. Um, I don't really have much to add other than guys. We have to say this yeah. about Chad Brown. Um, and I want to say this, I did speak to Chan Brown face-to-face, person-to-person about 10 minutes this weekend. So two quick things. Number one, um, he thought an Italian ran huge, but he also thought the rider might have gone too fast. It's like, you know, they, he didn't want the horse to be like really softly rated like we talked about Pete, but he also just thought the jocks went too fast, but he thought an Italian ran well. Um, I obviously did not ask about domestic spending, so no one put in the chat, oh, what did Chad, I'm not, are you kidding me? I'm not going to ask him about that. He's one of the best trainers in the world. Um, we do know, though, through reports, Paul, that domestic spending had surgery, and as far as we know, is doing fine. It's a real shame. I will tell you August also, I don't know if everyone knows this on this screen or listening or will uh, or viewing or listening. Um, apparently, based on the vet, that um, domestic spending got hurt out of the gate. They actually, like, partially mm-hmm. broke, but based on their analysis on how they know, I guess maybe talking to Jockey too. The Jock, I don't know if the Jock heard something. I don't know, but apparently, just that hard break out of the gate 
and then it progressively got worse throughout the race, apparently, whatever it was. And then he got pulled up on the far turn. But he but, but he's alive. He had successful surgery. Pete, I don't even want to go into the politics of all this. I mean, I, this I, had, is not I had a big win bet on domestic spending, so I was – You loved him. I, Pete, I, I thought, real quick, at first I, I thought he just didn't run, and I was like, oh, then you found out after – sorry, I just found out after what happened, way after, like when I got home that night. I just want to make this very clear because, you know, we're, we're out there for YouTube for anyone to hear. Um, I am not saying this because I met Chad Brown. I firmly believe that Chad thought the horse was fantastic and ready to go. I have way too much respect for his ability of a trainer. And look, Clarevich doesn't need more money. Seth Klarman does not need money. Okay, guys? So, Paul, I have to believe this is just sort of a fluky situation that because of the timing is going to make him look a lot worse than he probably should be. Would that be fair to say, Paul? Yeah, I it would. And I agree with you that he thought the horse was ready to go. He also thought that drawing the 14 was made it the horse, you know, if not an unlikely winner, a much more difficult task. And he said that it's, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not guessing that he said that during yeah. the week, but you know, it's kind of a moot point when the, uh, you know, the poor horse fractures his pelvis in the race. It doesn't, doesn't really much matter what post uh, he was no. coming out of that. That's going to end the no. story. So it's a shame. All on right, a, I, on I, a gambling note, real quick, the this one hurt because I needed Ken Ross to get second and lost by a nose, and had had you two, you guys, I had Cheryl yeah. Spite, I had Cheryl Spite in the third hole and as one of my horses in the third spot in a triple, and needed Ken Ross, and I thought, thought it was close, it was right there, but couldn't get there, couldn't tell at the wire. I don't know about you guys, I couldn't tell. I no. thought he, I thought might have got yeah. there. Me too. Uh, Jeff Amster just said that's strange. Uh, Jeff, that's what Chad told me personally. Like, I mean, so I'm sure you believe what I'm saying. I mean, that, that's what he said. I was slightly surprised because I, I thought Italian really had no choice given Toy's pressure. Uh, you know, what he's going to let Toy go. I didn't see that happening. So, Paul, I sort of agree with you there with Toy sort of messing up. But I think Chad also knew, and we said it. There's, I said there's no way Italian's not going to take any pressure. I just, I just couldn't. I didn't think it would be Toy necessarily. Anyway, let's move on, guys. This next race was the most, for, I think for me, strangely enough, and I was able to keep myself together pretty well because I was just pulling for Drew. And Drew, I know you're still there. And Drew, the, I appreciate this timing could have been better. Drew's just in the car, everyone. Um, Drew, this was the most emotional moment for me of the weekend, even more than, you know, you winning the whole damn thing. Because Mal thought, Drew, um, First of all, the race was unbelievable. And Pete yeah. and Paul, um, I will say this. I haven't been to a lot of huge, you know, horse racing events. This was by far the loudest I've ever heard a crowd at a horse. And I'm including last year's Breeders' Cup in this. The the end, I don't think, you know, I watched the NBC telecast, guys. They didn't have a lot of live sound. Like, there wasn't a lot of nat sound. It's called nat sound. There was not a lot of natural sound coming in. I guess they can't do that because then you can't hear calmness guys but kyle can affirm this it was flat out like a baseball game football game loud down the stretch and what drew what an unbelievable stretch run drew as blue stripe was hanging on for a long time and you sir drew needed malathot or clarier believe that or not to win drew describe your emotions in the in the final furlong of the distaff i thought we got it i thought malathot <laughs> had the momentum and where we were sitting Kyle, I don't know if you picked up on this, but we could tell momentum, and I was fist-bumping Keith at 16th polls, like modern games yep. specifically, I remember. 
And I just thought, like, we got it. And then a routine again, went, went to go meet up with Nancy and you guys. And it, and I saw the, the photo and was like, you know, if it's not meant to be, it's not meant to be. Why worry about something I can't control? And, and I'm telling you, it was a very out-of-body experience with the emotions because you know, yeah. I've, I've been sitting on the couch with the best of them, screaming at things. Um, and and I, I don't know what overcame me, but it was a, a moment of somewhat tranquility of, well, let's see. Let's do it. Well, because that obviously, uh, we'll talk later, but that, that was huge for your play. Um, it, and Pete and Paul with our group, I mean, myself, Matt Miller, the whole group, the picture, that was maybe the most tears shed of the entire weekend, Ashley, because we knew how huge that was. And it was such a, I mean, can you imagine Pete and Paul being in Drew's situation and having blue freaking stripe beat both of those horses? I mean, I was, and, and, we, and Drew, when we saw the, that, there was that one replay that was like, I don't know if they showed on NBC, guys, but there was that one replay where it felt like it was like, ooh, I don't know. That was sort of a bad, that was a bad Bob. Pete and Paul, do you want to comment? When you're watching and did it look that way like maybe blue stripe actually hung on yeah i was uh, again yeah i was watching the uh fan duel feed from from aqueduct okay. and uh you know i you know and and doc mora had a pretty good bet on malafet and we were same deal we were we thought he we were pretty confident he had it but yeah i agree howard there was that one little pause and you know hats off to blue stripe and and i missed it but i guess mike welch from the drf was all over this horse uh, all week. Did I did I you turn said, her into a him? Yes, you did. <laughs> oh. Drew, if you have some water, feel free to drink it. Uh, but no, I guess Mike Welch was all over this horse uh, on the workout reports. He and was liked, he liked was. her, and uh, she, you know, and Hector Barrios, you know, she ran her eyeballs out. You know, she's right in between three really, really good fillies, and uh, gotta show uh, the and stretch, guys. And yeah, I haven't had the heart to rewatch this, Howard. By the uh, way, is that okay? We can stop it. Drew, oh, if you want. no, absolutely. Let's Drew, do tell it. us what you're thinking, and now you see it live. Here's Malathot. Great job getting to the outside. Clear is saving ground. I think right here you're thinking I I'm pretty good, right? I thought Clarier had it. Uh, Me too. Because I it was a rail ride, and I knew what she had, and she wasn't going to be too far back. So I thought for sure, you know, Blue Stripe is going to fade here. And like this move right there, oh man, I thought right here Clarier. looks like Clarier, right? Would you, we all agree with that? I, mean, I, Pete, I you must have been ecstatic at this point, Pete. Pete was like cashing I, his money. Right here. I, I had if Clarier wins and Malathot comes second, I had a big win bet on Clarier. I had the super high five would have hit, and I would have had the triple. So oh. I was rooting Clarier home and. I think, or Malathot, I could have hit with Malathot in a certain spot too. But, but I think, actually, I think not to go ahead, Drew, you, you finished the race off. Yeah. And, and here, the momentum you could see, it was like, oh, that's a, oh my God. Yeah. I mean, it still looks so. <laughs> Are you okay, Drew? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, I, 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 I felt like Malathot had it, like, I won't say comfortably, but I was pretty confident watching the, the TV. Uh, Kyle, what were you thinking about, right? You know, I mean, I, don't know. I, 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 I really, I mean, Drew was, Drew hit the nail on the head. I thought we had it right away. I didn't, at the I 16th pole or the, or the, the eighth pole, I thought Clarier had it. And then coming down, I saw that I saw her hit the nose down on the wire. I thought we had it. And then I saw the replay and I, and I was like, like <laughs> and, and Drew, yeah. I think PTF so, was 
was with us at that time too, was it? Wasn't he? Mm-hmm. I think so. I, th- I think with you he guys. Was, yeah, Drew, I, I think we were all like guys. Like the whole gang was watching. We we had ridiculous seats that we stole. I don't, I, not stole, but they were being unused, guys. Anyway, it was a huge race. I was that uh, Drew. That was one of your more emotional moments of the day. Fair to say. It was because it, it meant what had to be done from yeah. there. It yep. was a hundred thousand dollar wager. Yeah, that was unbelievable. Oh, Sean Kane! Sean Kane, pleasure to meet you, Sean. Uh, Sean was there. Sean was one of those one of the people that uh, said, "Hey, Howard." I'm like, "Who's that?" So, Sean, pleasure to meet you at the Breeders' Cup, by the way. Uh, that was Thanks, awesome. Sean. Yeah. Um, all right, guys, let, let's move on. Rebels Romance. Shout out to Davy Lane again who clearly said, I don't care who William Buick is riding, I like this horse better. German form. Drew and Kyle can attest to this. Um, we were bantering back and forth with Nick Tamro because Nick was a slightly skeptical. I think if he was on the show, he'd agree. German form, eh. Dave was like, don't worry about it, guys. The horse that finished second to Rebels Romance in Germany are, are very solid group one horses. Rebels Romance wins the turf. Um, I'm not going to bring Drew in here real quick because Drew actually didn't really have a bet on this race at all. It didn't really matter who won necessarily. Uh, Stone Age, again, ran well. Warlike got it soon. I don't think any of us really liked on top. Third, um, my my son, Mishriff, ran okay, but was wide and uncovered most of the way. Pete, I didn't th- actually go to Paul. Paul, I don't think Mishriff got a great trip. Um, Frankie was never able to cover him up. Wasn't a real threat. Nation's Pride, let's see, what is it, uh, fifth, fifth, Broom, sixth, one, two, three, four, five, six, yeah. Um, Paul, no real surprise, five for the top six were Euros here in this race. Yeah, and, and, and I had two A's in the race, Rebels Romance and Nation's Pride. Unfortunately, in, in the verticals, I did play more off Nation's Pride. I, I used Mishriff very defensively, Howard, and I, there was a, as the week went on, more and more people liked her. I, I liked him. I, I just think it was, you know, he's retired now. And, you know, he's at the end of a long, outstanding campaign. But I just didn't I didn't see it. I, I did end up using Stone Age more than uh, I thought I would based because of the way O'Brien and uh, Moore were going. But so I, it, it was fine for me. I advanced on the pick five with the two A's. But in the intra race wages, uh, I was more a nation's pride. Hey, uh, Howard. Kyle, you'd been, you'd, oh, sorry. I just said you'd have been proud of me, even though it lost. I did a, I had mischief in a tri key box and I, like was just, I just wanted him to get third. And then the only thing that pissed me off is I leaned towards rebels romance, but I was on mischief the whole time that I, I didn't want to go off him. So I had him to win, but if I just needed him to get third, it would have been awesome. Yeah, I'm not going to show the replay, Pete, but I I, I know for a fact because I was king on Mishriff and just some verticals at that point. I was out of the yeah. mix, you know, whatever. Uh, he he was uh, he didn't get the best trip. He was like three wide. He was uncovered. He had to make an early move on the far. So he went really wide, Pete, if you remember. He was, yeah. It just didn't work out. He also, he was following Rebels Romance and didn't have the same kick either. Yeah, so no. you could tell it just wasn't in the same class. But I was just yeah. rooting for third at that point. It would have been a yeah. nice triple at that point. Kyle Warlike Goddess did about exactly as I thought. Actually, I think I picked him third on our show. He did exactly what our did exactly. Yep, there it is. Geez. She did exact she she did exactly 
what I thought. She ran well, but I mean, she was really no threat to the win at really tough. No, and I mean, you can argue a bunch of things for that, but yeah, I mean, Rebels Romance just looked absolutely much the best in this race. Again, James Doyle, you know, everyone was crapping on him just because, you know, William Buick chose the other horse. He's not a bum by any means of the word. (laughs) Absolutely not. Just, I mean, just the, just the best horse in the race. There's no really other way to say it. You know, I mean, Mistriff's obviously the, obviously the best horse in the race, but it, it, at, on Saturday, you can't argue with it. Rebels Romance was easily no. the best. Paul, I know you've talked. We talked about the Doyles a little bit. Apparently, according to Davy Lane, um, um, uh, James Doyle's mother was at the races. And we saw, of course, after the interview, the, there's a, a child at home. That's there's something. Uh, there's some medical issue. I don't want to get into details, but the fact that that Mrs. Doyle made the point to come to America sort of told Davy Lane. Hey, I think Rebels Romance is even more live than I actually thought. Um, credit to this horse. This shows you that, you know, you can't always go with who the jockey chooses, especially when it sure looked like on paper to me, Paul, that Rebels Romance is just the more accomplished horse. I mean, Nation's Pride did not face much here in the States. Granted that he won big, but it was a bit, as it turned out, it would be fair to say um, his wins were a bit misleading in terms of the level of class of this race. Yeah, and as far as the Doyle, so you know, Jackie Doyle came over when Sophie was riding, you know, at Del Mar right. last right. year on a long shot, right. and now the chance to see her granddaughter, and Sophie's daughter Emily, I guess, was sick that day. I don't know if it was anything yeah. beyond that, but Sophie had yeah. put a, a tweet out that uh, yeah, she didn't make now. the races that yeah. uh, Emily was sick, but uh, you know, the the chance to see her son ride and see her granddaughter, I'm sure it was, and she's a tremendous horse person herself she's done a lot of analysis for t- uh, dubai tv and tv overseas yep. so uh yeah i was uh, always happy to see a doyle win if it can't be sophie absolutely. i'm glad it was james absolutely guys we're coming up on the end of the show here and i think it'd be very apropos to let drew i'm gonna we have to show the replay sorry drew you can say nothing or we can just watch i don't care do you want me to put the sound on drew of the call or you want to talk over the silence what do you i'll leave it up to you drew you want full sound or you want to, yeah, or you want the, to talk over silence? The full call. I would love it if we had Becker, but I don't think we do. So we'll do call message. I don't uh, think – well, I don't know what's going to come. I Probably not. All right, guys. If, Drew, I got a Bowser's Crest. Uh, let's watch the 2022 – actually, I have to stop sharing here and then bring it back on. Let's watch the 2022 Brewers' Cup Classic, the race – that gave Mr. Drew Coney the 2022 BCBC victory with the absolutely incredible effort by a horse named Flightline. Here it is, folks, the 2022 Breeders' Cup Classic. Flightline wins the race. They are at the post. And they're off in the Longines Breeders' Cup Classic. There goes Hot Rod Charlie, Flightline. Life is good. Life is good. Now strikes the lead as they head past the stands for the first time. Flightline will go second. Hot Rod Charlie, third epicenter, quickly gets over to the rail in fourth. Olympiad to his outside now moves up one spot from the fifth position. Taba is further back toward the rail in the sixth spot. And then Rich Strike is in seventh and Happy Saber last of the eight as they enter the first turn. 
Life is good against the rail, has the lead by a length and a half as Flightline goes second. Then a gap of five more lengths back to Hot Rod Charlie in third. 22.55 seconds, the time for the opening quarter. Olympiad then Taba. Now Taba's moved off the rail, moves up from fifth into fourth. Now draws alongside of Hot Rod Charlie to challenge for the third position. Further back, epicenter, rich strike, gap of six more back to Happy Saber, who is last. Life is good, though, is the leader. Life is good. Guides the field up the back stretch. Leads it by two lengths. Flight line is second. Flabby and Pratt checks over his shoulder. Sees it's nearly 10 lengths back to Hot Rod Charlie in third a length. Taba is in fourth and is followed by Olympiad. Rich strike. Happy saver at the back. 45.47 seconds to time for the first half mile. Life is good. The leader to the far turn and has it out to three lengths now. Flight line is second. It's a gap of 10 back to Hot Rod Charlie. Olympiad then Taba. Moving around the turn for the quarter pole. Here's flight line. He was three lengths away. He was two lengths away. He draws within a length and a half of life is good. And this duo goes on past the quarter pole into the stretch at Keeneland. And flight line just moves right by life is good. Flightline has the lead. He's got it by two. He's got it by three. A furlong to go. Life is good is second gap of five back to Tava. Flightline, a 16th to go. World-class racehorse, world-class performance, and a world championship event. Flightline has won the Breeders' Cup Classic. Drew, are you, are you okay? Yeah, I'd be buying <laughs> if there wasn't tears in my eyes. You know, it makes you think of... When you, when you have smells, you know, that bring you back emotions. And that's the first time I've heard Kurt Becker's voice in all of the replays. And, and uh, it's, it's insane, man. I, I don't think I want to turn over to Kyle because I think Kyle's about to lose himself. Um, guys, the, the – Oh, screw uh, that. Turn it over to Kyle. Screw that. Kyle. Kyle. I mean – That'd be the second time Kyle <laughs> breaks down on the show tonight. Kyle, your thoughts. Man, oh, I, I don't know. I'm so glad it was Kurt Becker. I really am because it was all that was playing in the in our ears, Drew, when he was coming yeah. down the stretch. And I got I I got literally full body chills when because I mentioned this to Drew afterwards was right when he goes flight line was three lengths away. Now he's two lengths away. Now he's one length away. Like that right then is when Drew. I'm sure Drew, but I both knew that something special was coming. Hey, and, Drew, do yeah. you know how close he got to the rail? I mean, I'm not going to suggest by chance he was going over the rail, but Flightland got pretty darn close to the rail here. And actually, Flaming had to go left hand. Now, if we'll see, he actually had to go left hand to make sure to keep him straight. I mean, he, he rode the rail. I don't really know why, but I mean, I wasn't nervous, Drew, but I noticed that after the fact. I was like, wow, he wasn't exactly three or four pass off the rail, Drew. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think I noticed that until just watching this replay now. Um, but yeah, to Kyle's point, I mean, it was it was body chills and the, the amount of adrenaline. And um, Peter Fortitel called me and said, I have a terrible feeling. I have a really terrible feeling. Someone got you. And if and plays will be released, but uh, if Taba gets up on Olympiad, I lose. Um, I mean, that's how close this entire contest was. And um, so many things had to go right. Look at the distance on the far turn. I mean, you know what race this reminds me of a little bit, Drew, is the Zenyatta Blaine race. 
But that shows you how damn good these two horses are because of the Zenyatta Blaine race. Remember, like, the horses came back to the field. Flightline, like, still went on. I mean, at the half-mile pole, they were, like, had horses like Olympiad Pete and, and, and Taba and Epicenter, really good horses, like, 11 in front. I was, like, freaking blown away as I'm watching the race. Pete. Like, my God, these two horses are so much better right now. I mean, of course, life is good didn't turn that way, but... The, the spread, Pete, was like, holy crap. Yeah, but I guess you have to think about it, too. What were they going to do? Go and try and chase those two monsters up front? No, then, you mean, know, just... then you know you're done. I mean, you're cooked at that point. So, yeah, it was when you're watching it, you're going, well, if I'm trying to beat Flightline for any stupid reason, that's not happening at this point. You knew life is good was done. I mean, that was a foregone conclusion. So... It was just one of those where I was, uh, Drew, I was, I was with you, not, not for anywhere near, but I was like, I had a weird super high five bet where I'm like, I need Olympiad to come second. If, if, if Taba gets second, I lose. And, uh, I was just like, I can't believe that that guard, that he held on. Cause it was, you couldn't even watch them. They weren't even showing the back horses on TV. You were just sitting there going, I don't even know what the hell's happening here. Oh, yeah, it was something. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what, Pete. Olympiad. People are not giving him enough credit. I mean, he was table was. I mean, they were next to each other the whole time. Olympiad was yeah. flying down the stretch at Keeneland, like you said. They didn't even show. They couldn't. You couldn't even see them. You couldn't see. It. I didn't know what the hell was. You were just looking at the. You were looking at the little numbers on the bottom, going one's neck, yeah. one's in front, one's in. Well, I think Olympiad always got short chains because he ran that one bad race where life mm-hmm. is good sort of cooked him. But, I mean, that horse is never does anything wrong, and he sort of proved it and, today. I mean, he was nowhere near the win, but I'll take that second-place check if I was, was there. He was 30-1. Yeah. Too, which is unbelievable. Hey, Drew, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you go, man, because you've been – I know I know you're probably just in the car, but I, I, I feel bad here. Um, I'm, 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 one thing I want you to mention, and then I'll let you go, and we'll get you on another time for more like BCBC convo, maybe with Matt yep. Miller. Talk about uh, someone I think you found out later on. Uh, you were no guarantee – especially if Taba had gotten second. Yeah, so, I mean, hats off to Sean Borman was able to – I think that's who you're referring to. Yes. I haven't yes. looked at all the contest plays no, yet. No, it is Sean. They haven't been released. Uh, but Sean had a sizable um, exacta into Taba. And, I mean, if any anyone deserves to snap me, it's that guy and his professionalism and not only how he bets but also how he carries himself. So – I mean, hats off to him and, and, and team. And, you know, the other thing that uh, second-place finisher, I think we did the math, if he would have bet an extra 1000 and he had plenty to spare, um, we would have lost as well. Um, he, I, I believe it was he did have the Olympiad exacta and hit it a bunch. And he just needed an extra 1000 um, So it just kind of goes to show to win these things, you can't – can't you can't lay off the gas it's it's monopoly money and especially when you come with a plan you got to execute uh drew we'll be in touch buddy i'm gonna get in touch with you and i think we'll try to get matt and the three of us will chop up some of this bc like the post bc we did a bc bc preview we'll do like a post-mortem kind of bc bc convo drew i cannot thank you you added so much to this show tonight i'm so i mean you did not have to do that uh drew we i, I honestly I'm, I'm about to hear it myself Thanks for coming on, Drew, to the HHH Racing Podcast. You've always been a big supporter of this show, uh, which means a lot to me and us because, of course, you're the business manager for a 
competing podcast, but I've never looked at that way in the money media who's done a great job. Drew, any quick final thoughts before we let you go tonight? No, I, I just think being at that table with you all and uh, being the support network I needed in those moments meant the world. Uh, if I'm on my couch, the result probably doesn't happen. So, yeah, thank you. At least I can do. Thanks a lot, Drew. Have a great night. Thanks, Drew. Again, Thanks, tell Drew. Nancy we Congrats, give our Drew. best to Nancy and, and, and your child and uh, safe travels. We'll talk to you again soon. Cheers. Thanks, gents. Thanks. Bye. Take care, Drew. Take care. Drew. Cheers, Mike. Uh, Kyle, you know what's crazy is uh, I, I think guys would be – well, I want to ask you a question, Paul. No, we'll look at Kyle. Paul, I'm going to let you end it. Um, life is crazy, isn't it, Drew? Uh, Kyle, I mean, you never you, – you barely knew the man at all, uh, just like who he was even. You meet him uh, – what? For, did you meet him Thursday? No, you didn't. You weren't even no. there. What am I talking no. about? You meet him what's, – what, what was the first time you met him? I'm trying to think now. Saturday Friday morning. at 9 a.m.? Friday, Friday morning. Really knew it, didn't know who he was, and then 24 hours later, you're like hugging him and having some really private, you know, moments. And and just he leaned on you during the races a lot. I mean, crazy, isn't it? You got you're a new gonna, friend, man. You got a new friend. Yeah, I know. Howard, you're gonna make me do it for a lifetime, probably. <laughs> I mean, dude, I, I got him. Uh-oh. Like you said, I, I met you him. Off, I know. No, no, street, I'm good. Kyle. I'm good. I'm okay. strong. I'm strong like bull. Um, but I mean, 24 hours, I didn't even know the guy 24 hours later, he hits a hundred thousand dollar win bet and he, I'm getting a jumping hug from a over, you know, a 35 year old man. It's it, <laughs> the bond that we shared during like those races was just unbelievable. And like I said to him, like it was the, one of the best experiences of my entire life. So I have all of you to thank for that. You, especially Howard, cause you're the one that brought me there in the first place, but just insane man i have no like i said it's still settling in for me and it wasn't even me dude like it's insane it will it'll, it will be you or me i hope or maybe peter paul if they get into the bcbc paul i'm gonna wrap up the show with this question i know we've talked about flightline a lot and we are gonna have a show just about where flightline fits in the pantheon, pantheon of horse racing greatness because I think it's a show that we that needs to be done, Paul. And I'm going to lean on you, Paul, especially in terms of getting some really good guests and et cetera for that, more than just maybe a whole panel, more than just Jay Pridman. Um, I, skeptical would not be fair to say, but you've been very fair with Flightline. You've been, we've all been disappointed, you especially with the number of races that he's run. In terms of just the fa- fastest horses you've ever seen, it's hard for me to put Flightline not near the top if you're talking about just flat out speed and brilliance. Yeah, I think that's fair. You know, I just get a little taken back when I hear people say automatically that, you know, they go right back to secretariat and, you know, they skip ghost zapper and Mm -hmm. some spectacular bid and Seattle slew and, you know, and it's not a knock on flight line, but you know, it's history didn't start six races ago you know so it, it puts you in the business you know it's kind of like oh, I've, I've built up this reputation but this anti-rich strike reputation no i'm not in i think he's a nice he's a nice horse okay as i pointed out to pete last night he beat a hopeless long shot and happy saver uh hot rod charlie who was way over the top and a horse who got sadly had to be operated on that night doesn't make him a bad host but that's not a good analogy my point sheer brilliance for flight line let's enjoy it and i agree howard about putting the show together but it is just so hard you know i saw a stat online today that i think it was 
spectacular bid set 11 track records uh, in uh, four, 14 track records in 31 races or whatever. And, you know, someone else mentioned secretariat and that, you know, uh, well, secretariat lost six times. And I said, well, okay, well, flight lines only run six times. So it, it's really difficult. It's a fun exercise, but you got to go into it knowing there really is no right or wrong answer. It really comes down to, what your opinion is because you're not going to tell you you can make an objective case that flight lines better than secretariat or i mean you know you could talk about secretariat in in the belmont and you know and all that but we'll get to that with that show but as far as enjoying that uh you know i i took a little crack to try to beat him very very small i was alive in the pick five to him and epicenter you know just in case epicenter I, I thought if someone was going to pull the upset and, you know, unfortunately epicenter suffered what could have been a, a life ending injury. Thank God. Uh, yep. You know, there's a picture online today of Steve Asterson feeding him a mm-hmm. carrot at Rudin riddle. You oh. know, I think okay. like, I think in horse, a way yeah. they were, you know, God forbid Howard, if that has to happen, you know, you uh, probably want to be a Keeneland or Saratoga where there's a Rudin Riddle, like very yep. cl- or Churchill, where there's a, a Rudin Riddle clinic. Like Saratoga, it's literally next door to the Oklahoma track. And, you know, apparently it's close by to uh, Keeneland. Um, so, so that's really the good news on this that Epicenter is standing up and eating carrots today yeah. as, as we try to debate uh, who might be better than the other. And and same with Chad Sauce. You mentioned Chad Sauce, uh, Howard, uh, domestic, domestic spending, spending. who yeah. apparently is doing okay. But, yeah, I think it's a good exercise, but it really is hard to compare either way a, a six-for-six horse against a, you know, 28-for-31. It's, it's just a hard exercise. Pete, final thought on the Breeders' Cup. I let Kyle and Paul say their say their piece. Any uh, final thoughts on flight line? Or, I mean, obviously he's, he's retired. Um by the way, I would say Warlike Goddess will be the favorite in the Pegasus turf. Not the Philly Mare turf, just the flat-out turf, my prediction right now. I don't know if she's going to keep running. I think she'd be the favorite in that race. Yeah. Um, any final thoughts? Tabor ran well in the Classic. Uh, going forward, Pete, or just you want to comment on Flightline, who, by the way, what was the value, Kyle, of about $184 million? $184 million. Is worth after the, what, $4.6 million for 2.5 percent of my numbers correct feet yep. on that yep. no, right. any final thoughts Pete? no i mean the funny thing is the race actually sort of set up aside from what happened unfortunately to epicenter because we don't know if he would have maybe flown for right. second the way right. you know depending on the trip he would have got but yeah. i mean the race sort of shook out in a lot of ways the way we thought and it, flight line was brilliant and flight lines probably as good and as fast as any horse i've seen in my lifetime i mean i guess i was born when Secretariat ran, but I don't remember watching. I was basically less than one years old, but it I was, was as negative, just, whatever. Yeah, I was going to say. So he's as good. It's weird for me though because he's not a horse that it, that in my lifetime that um, that uh, brings up any emotional one way or the other. Like I didn't, yeah. I didn't care that much. Like I watched him and thought he's brilliant, but I didn't, I didn't care. Like some of the great horses who I've watched, who I really loved and got yeah. sort of emotional watching. I don't know if there's a reason, maybe it's because he hasn't run enough and he hasn't run in like the big races. So you didn't get that like attachment against the big horses, but like I'm a huge Zenyatta fan and easy goer and American Pharaoh. And those are horses that stirred up more emotion. This one, I was like, yeah, that horse is 
freaking awesome, but I don't really care. I mean, I, I care if I cash a ticket and it's nice to see a great horse, but that's a different emotion than, you know what I mean? But I mean, I thought it was a great day and there was some great races and it's as usual, it's the breeders cup. So it's always, it's always awesome. You didn't get like, aside from Caravelle, you didn't get like a bunch of weird horses winning. So it wasn't no. like the good horses. Yeah. Some of the, the, the low chalks didn't show, but the horses that beat them for the most part were still good. So you were seeing real quality and, um, and we also need to improve our turf horses. I think we okay. learned that this weekend. Let's get some better turf horses. We didn't have a lot of good turf horses. So well, Drew Cody said to Chad Brown personally at one of the after parties you went to, you know, Chad, we got to get these Americans, you know, back and, He's like, I know, man, the Euro's just... You know, well, he didn't have... I mean, none of his... Like, usually he has a couple of the big yeah, shots who are taking well, the shot. And, glory. He, I mean, but I mean, glory ran yeah. terribly. Yeah. Yeah. He only had one winner. He had Goodnight Olive, and that was seven for lines I mean, in a, in a dirt sprint. <laughs> yep. I mean, that's not exactly Chad Brown's... Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's where you think of him when you think of him. Guys, again, this is our last, I guess, official... Oh, I guess if we have a BCBC postmortem, I guess that's a Breeders' Cup. But this is really... That's <laughs> right. McCoy, that's what I'm thinking right now. McCoy Scanner says 362 days to the next uh, Breeders' Cup. Again, I want to thank all you guys. I really want to thank the public, though. All you viewers yes. out there were tremendous. We had record-breaking, you know, views. We're just up and up from here. Every time I check, guys, there's more people subscribing, more people watching. I thought our power picks were awesome. I hope everyone out there who got our power picks were happy with the product. It was 20 pages worth of uh, power picks. That, that we gave uh, on the show. Again, one more time, I'll bring the promo on the bottom of the screen. And, and those are every Saturday. Again, it's only four bucks every Saturday. The ROI is off the charts. It's like 250. Uh, we gave a lot of really strong opinions on the Breeders' Cup. The pick sixes didn't work out. And anyone that joined the syndicate, thank you very much. Disappointed by that. But listen, we had some tough, you know, losses with heavy favorites. That's the way uh, it goes. So, um, really appreciate it. And I look forward to next year's Breeders' Cup at San Nita. Kyle, I got a feeling you and I are going to be there again. I have a pretty strong feeling about that with uh, Drew Cody for sure. And, um, and we'll be bring now. that gang back. Yeah. What, what, Pete, what? Oh, I'm, I'm qualified this year. I'm, I'm going to do everything I can to Let's qualify go. this year. Kyle, if oh. Kyle, we're not just going, Kyle. Oh, we're playing right. this year. Yeah. Paul, you're going to be there or what? <laughs> I, well, certainly if I qualify, I'll be there. All right. All right. Maybe, you know, I know someone's got some money. I know two people have got a little money. Three people have got a little money. Maybe we can, uh, you know, work some out. Um, anyway, for my wonderful friends and co-host contributors, Pete Visco, Paul Halloran, Kyle Roscoe, this has been Howard Kravitz, episode 203 of the HHH Racing Podcast. We really appreciate everyone. Next Thursday, uh, we'll be talking about Woodbine, 8 p.m. Eastern, and also Jim Miller will be on also to talk this about Thursday, Hawthorne. In two days. <laughs> this Thursday. Next Thursday, right? Yeah. Well, the, but two days from now. Or three days from now. What is this, a Seinfeld episode now? I this know, is, right? This, this, <laughs> fair enough. This Thursday. Uh, thanks, everyone, for watching. Greatly appreciate We'll see you this Thursday in just a few days, 8 p.m. Eastern. Take care, everyone. Have a great night. Bye-bye.